Right. <laughs> Slavery. Right. <laughs> I just need a button of Ali saying that so I can just like hit it. Yeah, I do. I need to get that one these days. Mm-hmm. You know where he got that, don't you? What? No, it's from Wonder Woman. When when Lucy Davis is explaining that, yeah, it, when Lucy Davis is explaining that, you know, like, so what do you do? Oh, you know, I just write down things and do whatever else he, that he asked me to. Oh, so on my island, you know, we have a word for that. It's called slavery. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Wait, uh, you talking about Patty Jenkins? Yes. <laughs> I missed that. I remember it now. And it's funny because the way she said it is so... Like, I just learned about feminism yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's funny. <laughs> oh, Wonder Woman is the one who said slavery? Yeah. Yeah. I totally missed that. I need to rewatch Wonder Woman. Me too. <clears throat> Get your voices together. Get your voices together. I know. Me, 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 me. <clears throat> <laughs> so... Did you, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter today, but you probably have seen it. It was like a I comment on this post about there's like the soul food restaurant in Virginia, right? Guess uh-huh. what the name is? What? Something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell it? How's it spelled? Oh no. Some D A E. Oh no. Something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, you something to eat. I mean, listen, the marketing does itself. Go on, go on, get you something to eat. Oh my God. Where are you going? It. To go get something to eat. I love it. <laughs> like, they have, no, they have an official, like, fluorescent sign with that. Two locations. Oh my God. I went on Google to look at the rules. The reviews, they got 4.5 stars at both restaurants. Hey, because you know it's popping. Yeah, I posted, <laughs> I posted a picture of it from, like, the Google reviews. I'm like, the food is good. And I got a, and I posted this picture of probably the most dissenting food, I would say. I didn't mean to do it, but I did. Because, you know, yeah. when you cook turkey, baked turkey wings, right? Mm-hmm. They're not always the most attractive-looking food. No, it's not. Anything um, wrong is not attractive-looking. <laughs> And then on top of that, it was macaroni and cheese and yams. Somebody said, that's a nigga slop bowl. Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and, but if people were talking about first, they couldn't, they couldn't identify that it was turkey wings. <laughs> they were like, is that a Zeno man? Somebody done cooked. That's that thing from Alien. And then some people were mad. Like, have you never seen a turkey wing in your life? I know you can't cook. Oh my god! It's, it's like, well, I got this long ass thread. People debating this fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at that name. Wow! But, but now I want that. I want that. I want them to go national. Some to eat. Do you listen? They yes. would. They would kill it in Atlanta. Do you hear me? I want a coffee mug for my desk. Kill it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you are so right. They should sell merchandise. Like, make some t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you imagine a, a a wedding reception catered by some neat? 
and you have it printed on your wedding program and the guests are reading everything. They're like, okay, the, the best man, all right, bridesmaids. And it the says flowers. here, flowers. And it says here, catered by, what does that say? Something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> is it, I just want to know if the D goes on it, the D is like lowercase, not uppercase. So it's like French. So the E. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That is amazing. I love it. And you know, sometimes at the at the wedding reception, sometimes if you have a a, uh, what do you call them a um, master or mistress of ceremony, sometimes they will like call out, you know, the different people and and ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for coming to the nuptials of so and so and so and so this evening, catered by (laughs) Sumney. Let's give it up for Sumney, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Give it up. That would be everything. And I, if the food, I bet the food is good, too. I bet it's good. Oh, I found it, kid. <laughs> I Googled it. I went I'm on Twitter Googling. to Google it. Someday. <laughs> you went on Twitter to Google it? Uh-huh. Let, me, let me get it. Let me, I got to see it now. <laughs> yeah. Somebody it's, says, who else says, bro, where you finna go? Shit, get something. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god. Somebody said I know they oh. put up the chain. I don't even care what they said. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love Can you it. imagine though when they went to City Hall to like register that name? <laughs> to get their business license. I saw a picture of it like the I, hope, I hope it was somebody black who had to like certify it. <laughs> but I know they were like, what the what? Which name? Something to eat. Some to eat. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. I need to see the menu now. I need to see. The menu. Hey, Google it. You'll see the menu. You'll see some of the workers. Oh my god! Workers, not like, 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 as soon as you walk in, they say, like, you want something to eat? Like, is something spelled the proper way? Or is it, so, is it like, or is it a- some d a e? Some to eat. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Oh my god. Something to eat, Norfolk, the Virginia. Yeah. That's it. Oh my god. There it is. Four piece fried jumbo wings includes two sides and a side bread. Eleven dollars. Side bread. Pork chops. Why price is still eleven dollars? Why? Why? Because they gotta cook it for real, Latria. They came if these aren't chickens that have three heads and six legs, like the church of the chicken. They know they food good. They said those are oxtail prices. Yeah, you are. Oxtail prices. Now, on them, oxtails would have been $16. Jesus. <laughs> Baked spaghetti, chicken yolk, smoked sausage, wings special, smothered wow. fried wings, barbecue chicken wings, baked chicken wings, turkey wings, barbecue turkey wings. Smothered pork chop yesterday. Tilapia, whiting, baby back ribs, meatloaf. If we don't stop selling that fake thing. <laughs> Yeah. Tilapia is not real. I wow. heard it. Was, I heard it was not good for wow. you. I heard it's got like some sort of like fatty acids in it that aren't good fish. for you. It's not an actual <laughs> made by Jesus Christ fish. <laughs> he didn't Stop serve it to the five thousand. No. It wasn't in the basket. No. <laughs> he didn't have it with the load. <laughs> If we don't stop making that, that <laughs> I get mad every time I see it on the menu. Oh, wait a minute. Do you know what their slogan is? Have you seen the slogan? Hold no. on. on Twitter. Are you on the website? I'm looking at the Google website. Their slogan is, you want it, you need it, 
We got it. Accurate. I bet they Listen. do fried Snickers. Listen. Fried Twinkies. I love it. I love it. Go ahead, y'all. I need my coffee mug. Thank you, Ken, for this. Thank you, Ken. I need my coffee mug sit in the meeting and sip from it real slow. Make sure everybody can see. So you still sipping. Is it a strip mall in Norfolk? On in the same strip mall, um, nail salon, alteration shop, NYC weaves celebrities. Okay. It's a what? weave shop where you apparently could guess get weaves that make you look like you're famous. And right okay. next door is the barbershop. So this 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 the nigga area. Wait, apparently. what is chicken yak? Why okay? Is that a Virginia thing? What is that? Soy sauce, eggs, ketchup, onions, and wings. What the hell? That's how I like Oh my god. That was, so I saw that on the um a picture of that and I and I could not um identify what it was. I would not eat that shit though. It did not look appetizing. It sounds yeah, like I, what happens when, like, um, you're a 13 year old black kid and you get some um, fish at the cookout. No, it's your chicken at the cookout, and you've got some leftover uh, Chinese food still in the refrigerator, and you combine the two like Dragon Ball Z like, fusion who dance. Is eating ketchup on chicken though. Mm. Like, and boiled chicken wings too. Or, like they have no color. <laughs> Why is it every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all supposed to just say something nice? Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Your home for in-depth news discussions, reviews, and deep dives into movies, television shows, and music with a special emphasis on diversity and the Black experience. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts can be found. And you can also find us on all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast or at our website, SSNPodcast.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. That's not the right button. That's the right button. This is what happens when you. Um, I say I say this every time I do this and mess it up. Baby speaking will be so upset with me. I don't. I forgot my home row. I forgot. <laughs> she, oh, she would get out. She would step up that box and just slap me in the head with it. <laughs> she don't get a ruler. And pop yeah, your- yeah bop them fingers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not or those, right. Or those fat pencils they used to use when we were in elementary school. Gee whiz. Those, you know, those big, thick fat pencils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, isn't this abuse? Like, can I call CPS? I mean, it is now. It's considered it now, right. but when we were kids, it was um, it was considered okay. For real. Did they have powder permission at your school? I think yes. Yeah, actually, yeah, because my I went to elementary school in Atlanta Public Schools. Uh-huh. So, you know, they they beat them niggas. So. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom was a teacher, so she just always used to show up anyway. Right. So they mo- mo- mostly left me alone. Plus, I learned to be quiet. So. <laughs> yep. Oh, school, but 
Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Today is Sunday, June the 23rd, 2019. My name is Brandon, and I am here with Latria. Hey. Ken is um, somewhere on the interstate, and Coffee Light Sweet. Hi, everybody. And we are here to talk about the latest um, news and reviews and film, TV, and music. And later on this week, in a separate episode, we'll be reviewing two movies at the same time about um, kids named Andy and their beloved toys. One oh, where um, <laughs> one that's rated G and one that's rated R. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just put it that way. Um, oh, in the rated R, his name is Andy too. Yeah, 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 yeah. His remember, Child's Play came real- first. I didn't realize that. Oh. Now the ads are really sinking in. Yeah. I didn't realize they were both named Andy. Yeah. For those listening in the future, when um, the ads no longer, I guess, appear around, uh, Child's Play, their new remake from MGM starring Brian Tyree Henry and Aubrey Plaza, has been doing ads for the last five, three or four months now, basically, where Chucky the titular killer doll of the franchise is killing each of the Toy Story characters one by one in each poster and each like sort of kind of online poster they put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started with Woody, then it was Slinky Dog, then it was Buzz, then it was Ham, and then it was uh, Rex. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Woody one was funny. When they got to the dog, I was like, okay, that's enough. And then they got to the Buzz, I was like, okay, that, y'all taking the joke too fucking far now. Yeah. Comment on down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I saw the Rex one with the with the, the oh flames, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. I mean, pretty smart marketing. Like, that's actually pretty genius, but it was so wrong. Right. <laughs> I can't believe they got away with it. I can't believe they got away with it either, but I... Um, I mean, funny thing, when I saw Toy Story... Because I saw both of them this weekend. When I saw Toy Story 4, they had there was one ad that said... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, presenting the um, the, ne- the newest film from one of the animation's most beloved characters. And you see toys on the floor, but then it zooms up to a backpack and out pops Boots the Monkey. It's a new trailer for Dora, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Oh, <laughs> Which, I hope that movie works. I really do. I you still know, can't when tell. I, when I was at the movie, I think it was when I saw Aladdin... Mm-hmm. And that came, like the trailer came up before. It actually looked very interesting. I was like, I I might want to go see Dora. I didn't watch the cartoon, but I was like, this this looks like it could be kind of. It's like Lara Croft Tomb Raider for kids. Yes, basically. and if it pulls that off and it's good, I think it would be really good. It ha- you know because it has a mostly Latin cast that would mm-hmm. be really good for it as well. I just hope it, I hope it works because a lot of people have been clowning the very idea because Dora's like 15 and they're like, and I don't but know. But it's going to be a big hit for kids though, so. I hope so. It comes out the very last week of summer. It comes out July the 31st. Who, is it, who's, who, what studio? Uh, Paramount, because it, it's Nickelodeon. Oh, okay. It comes out against Hobbs and Shaw. Well, see what you can do is take your kids, let them go see Dora while you go. <laughs> And see all, all the, the sexy trio. <laughs> Pops and Shaw, that's what you do. Listen, Billy, I'll be one auditorium over. <laughs> right. Do not come in there when your movie is finished, okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Hobbs and Shaw are going to be like three hours. <laughs> Lord Jesus, probably will be. 
be one of them movies where you think it's over at an hour and not an hour and forty five minutes, and then there's like a plot twist, and then he got a whole another forty five minutes to go like Bad Boys Two. I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's too long. Wrap it up. <laughs> but yeah, so other movies that I've seen this week. Well, it's only really one to talk about, but I have a lot to say about it. Um, so. This, of course, is Pride Month. It's the 50th anniversary of Pride. For those who do not know, 50 years ago, um, the last, I think it's June 29th, 1969, you had the Stonewall Riots in New York City where like the people who were attending um, the Stonewall Inn, which was a known gay bar, um, were fight, basically started fighting back against the police, like you know the quote-unquote vice squad that were there to arrest them just for being gay and congregating, being gay to transgender um, lesbian and bisexual and everything and congregating there. So every year since then, they've had a, parade, um, a pride parade in New York. And of course, it's grown from city to city. It's become more accepted into mainstream culture. Because a lot of people don't realize that that that's why all these you know companies you see are going hard for pride this year. And people don't understand that it's actually it's 50 years of it. Like, they might assume that pride is more recent of a, like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's why they're doing that. So, for in honor of Pride Month, um, Shout Factory, a company that specializes in releasing obscure movies and TV shows on Blu-ray and DVD, put out a brand new, fully restored Blu-ray of "Can't Stop the Music," aka the Village People movie. I did not know they had a movie like with the actual Village People. With or- the actual Village People. Were they playing themselves? Is it a documentary or like a scripted? It's a mock-you pick, I guess you could call it. It's supposed to be a movie about how they got together, but it's 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 ninety nine percent fiction. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and to be clear, it is ninety nine percent bad fiction. <laughs> Let's paint a picture. It's okay. nineteen seventy eight. Disco was the biggest thing around. And mm-hmm. the village people have gigantic hits like, you know, YMCA and In the Navy and Macho Man. Um, Alan Carr, who is the openly gay man who produced um, Grease, decides for his next movie, he's going to produce a movie about the village people. It's going to be a, the first openly gay musical. It's going to be called Disco Land, where the music never stops. <laughs> and so it's going to star the village people and Olivia Newton-John. Except Olivia Newton-John doesn't want to do it. She goes to make Xanadu instead. We talked about that last week. <laughs> uh, they eventually get Valerie Perrine, who had just starred in Superman Part 1 as Miss Teschmacher. So it's them. Uh, Steve Gutenberg, who plays um, the proxy for... Um, he plays a character named Jack Morrell, who is the proxy for Jock Morale, the... A uh, Frenchman who invented the village people, him and his fr- um, friend Tony um, Bonolo. And it also stars an af- 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 Olympic athlete who was trying to break in the movies, um, a person at the time known as Bruce Jenner. Hmm, <coughs> interesting. And, uh-huh. and so this movie came, eventually became Can't Stop the Music, um, was made in 79 and came out in August of 1980. Right when disco was, I don't know if it was, it was definitely summer. It might have been June. I'll look at it right quick. But right when, right after disco had died, a most voracious death at the hands of angry white rock fans. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that the movie was terrible as it was anyway. 
But the fact that disco was dead, and here's a whole musical about disco music, about the village people in particular, because even though they sort of kind of cut cut back on how gay they actually made the movie, it's still a fucking village people movie. <laughs> There's yeah. only so much you can dilute that brand. Let's just put it that way. Right. Um, <laughs> the centerpiece of the movie, because I can't watch it all the way through. It's one of the movies where you buy it and you watch it in sections, if that makes sense <laughs> to anybody. Um, I can't watch it all the way through. It's like Chinese water torture. Um, <laughs> the centerpiece is where they're looking for a place to rehearse. And um, um, Bruce, well, now Caitlyn Jenner, um, um, is playing a tax lawyer who decides to become their attorney. And they arrange a place for them to um, rehearse. Guess where this place is where they're going to rehearse? Village people, just guess where the place they're going to rehearse is. Oh, I, I, I don't know. No, 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 no. no the, what's their biggest hit? YMCA. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so the music cuts in and it goes to the YMCA and it's literally the, the gayest sequence that's ever been photographed <laughs> in a motion picture. This includes Brokeback Mountain, Moonlight, everything. I love that song. And so it it's, it's the whole it's the whole record that is it's set to uh, men in various states of undress. Oh no. Um at the YMCA, um playing basketball, lifting weights, um, um s- s- diving, showering. It's one of the few PG rated films that has full frontal male nudity. Um oh. Okay. And um it, it's it's a complete mess of a scene, but it's it's ridiculously over the top. Um <laughs> Bra- Bra- uh Brandon, can you do the YMCA dance? Do you know the moves? I, I think so. Yes. <laughs> what, That's okay. What <laughs> I had to reverse right quick. Y'all can't see it over the podcast when I just did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched movie in sections. Parts of it are fun to laugh at. As a whole, it's a complete slog. Um, it sounds great. The people at Shout Factory did a ridiculously great job of doing a restoration on it. Took out all the all the they took out mistakes that were present in the movie in 1980. Things like slow motion flickers and um, you know color timing issues. It looks like it looks as brand new as it could possibly look. It's in 5.1 sound surround sound. They put an audio commentary on it. Did all the shit. Um, it looks and sounds great. Meanwhile, Disney put out a goofy movie Blu-ray that, that looked like they just slapped it onto a disc. Oh, priorities! Wow. Um, but <laughs> but that's a ridiculous movie. If you like camp, if you like campy things, I would recommend uh-huh. checking it out. If you don't, steer clear. I think it's on Amazon Prime, but it's on Amazon Prime in like a pan and scanned, weirdly cropped like version, so you don't get like the mm. proper, I guess, experience of watching it unless they've gone back and replaced that version, which I don't think they have. Uh, uh. But yeah. No, it came out in June. It actually came out uh, 39 years ago last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not the, the song itself is not the best song in the world, but the energy is so high and it's just so ridiculously joyful mm-hmm. that if you're in a room full of people and it's on like full blast 10, you'll get caught up in it and start just like jumping all around because... Yep. It's just right. something about that 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 crazy little song. It's just a, a great song. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the village people definitely play themselves, except for 
This is the first time that Ray Simpson, Valerie Simpson's brother, joined the group because he replaced Victor Willis, the original lead singer and co-writer of the of the hit songs. Victor Willis mm. was the only straight guy in the group. Which one was he? I know he's uh, the cop. Simpson, that's the brother. That's Simpson's brother, the cop. Yeah, they're both the cop. Victor Willis and Ray Simpson were both the cop. When the cop. Willis okay. quit, oh. Simpson replaced him. Okay. And mm. because Victor Willis was the only straight guy in the group, and he was kind of concerned about how gay this movie was going to be. So he, demand, he demanded that the production hire his wife at the time. His wife at the time was a lady named Felicia Ayers Allen. Oh. Who you all know now as Felicia Rashad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. when Victor Willis quit the movie two weeks before production began and quit the group at the same time, they fired Felicia Rashad from the movie and replaced her with Alcides Davis, Sammy Davis Jr.'s wife. Oh. Huh. And so she's in the movie. Poor, poor kid. Uh- <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, besides that... Um- wait, 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 Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Yes, yes. And, and Latria, Latria. Can, uh-huh. you na- can you name... It's, fi- it's five members of Village People, right? Five? Six. Can you name the characters? Because I got the cop, the construction worker, the Indian, Native American. He he's a stereotypical Indian. I think they still call him yeah. the Indian, even though that's about, that's about all I can think. Yeah, of. Yeah, the, the actual dude is, is half Puerto Rican and half Native American. But there's six: the cop, the Indian, the construction worker. I don't know the GI. There's a GI. Mm-hmm. The cowboy uh, and the leatherman. The cow- Oh, the cowboy. Yeah, the yeah. cowboy. And what was the last one? The Leatherman. Leather, right. With, leatherman. The, with the, the biker-looking guy. Like yeah. a biker guy? Yes. Oh. Got it. <laughs> yeah, definitely forgot about him. Forgot about the biker Yeah, guy. he's sort of kind of the one that's the closest to sort of kind of being, okay, so what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Because he's got the harness, he's got the he's got the the lock yeah. on the dog tag. It's literally mm-hmm. like, and he's and he's got the handkerchief in his back left pocket. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. if I explain what these things are to the straight people, mm-hmm. they're taking them off the stage. Right. <laughs> I just I remember I remember when the when the village people were on Soul Train back in the day. I just remember like staring at the screen. And I was saying to my parents, I really like the um, the the cowboy. And I would just remember my parents like looking at each other and looking at me and looking at each other. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and and they were like, "That they're like, okay, that's you just enjoy the song." I would just get up and start like twirling around and you know dancing. And they were like, mm-hmm. I, was like "I really like this song." They were like, "That's good. That's good." Yeah, just the song. Just the song. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah. last little thing about the movie before we move forward. So the finale, the movie has no plot, basically. It's, it's basically all a first act about how the group got together. It has no plot tension, but it's like two hours long. Um, the finale is them performing for the first time from a crowd in a gigantic sold-out auditorium in San Francisco. Because mm-hmm. movie. Um when they filmed this scene in San Francisco, they put out a call for extras. We're filming um, the Village People movie. We need extras to attend as audience members. Um, and they got the audience into the theater. It is 99% men, 50% of whom have their shirts off already and their fans out. Okay. And 15% of whom are dressed up like the Village People. 
Um, the producers were like, okay, this won't do. We need to do something very quickly. And so they put every woman working on the production, every PA, every uh, assistant, every every script supervisor, script supervising assistant, everybody who was a woman on the set who was already employed, they put them in the first three rows of the movie. Of, of 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 the crowd in in the in the um in the um the theater in the concert so that it looked like the crowd was more um g- um gender balanced yeah. than it actually Balance. was but in HD however <laughs> you can clearly see that the first three rows is just that's where the women are and then coming backwards you start seeing oh there's no shirts for like the next six or seven rows and oh look he's got his fans out honey <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. Mm-mm-mm. That is funny. Oh Lord. Oh yeah. So that's that's, that's mine. The other, other thing I haven't watched it all yet, but I just got Speed Racer on Blu-ray as well. Not this is Speed Racer. This is the Wachowski siblings Speed Racer from 2008. The movie that was kind of derided for being way too cartoony at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it had come out now, it'd probably have been better accepted. It was a little bit ahead of its time, I believe. I'll see if it's it just it, looks wise. I'll see if it holds up as a movie or not. But like, you know, it's got um uh Christina Ricci and John Goodman in it, you know, and they're playing the characters from Speed Racer. It's basically like as accurate a Speed Racer movie as you could possibly get. Except that if people I'm pretty sure the Speed Racer was supposed to be Japanese, but if you're gonna mm. cast white folks, I guess that's about as accurate as you can get. I'm not. I've never certain about it. The Japanese because people will say that, and then Japanese folks will be like, "Well, this character is actually supposed to be white." So I never was certain about Speed Racer, but the movie came out in 2000. I want it was it was eight 2008, and it didn't do well at all. They sort of flopped. I feel like it was too much for 2008 to be honest. Because like, is has anybody ever seen it before? No. Do you remember when it was out? You remember seeing the trailers and things? Yes. yes. Vaguely. Yeah. It's extremely color saturated. Like more so than I think any other studio movie that's ever come out. Like it looks like the blues are very like like Crayola blue. The oranges are very Crayola orange. Like like they saturated every color that appears in the frame to mm. the most extreme part version of to make it look like a cartoon, like a living cartoon. Well, why not just make it a cartoon? <laughs> I don't know, because they weren't really... I mean, it's the Wachowskis. They don't really do yeah. animation. Um, and it would have been more expensive, probably. They'd do it as animation. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think they thought they were doing something innovative. I mean, they were, but I think they thought it would catch on as well. They really right. didn't at all. Right. But I'll see it eventually, and I'll let y'all know how it is. Um, what about y'all? Um, hi, wait, 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 hi, Ali. Hello. But yeah, go ahead, Latria. Hi, everybody. Hi, Ali. Well, I haven't been on in about, gosh, two weeks. Right. <laughs> so everything I've seen in the theaters, y'all have already dissected. But no, go ahead, because some of these movies we, we, we trashed, and you were in the uh, in I, our chat talking about, I liked it, God damn it. <laughs> yes, like Men in Black International, I liked what did you like about it? Because I was literally in the theater. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. It's it's Chris Hemsworth. So I'm not going to not like a Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to kind of take my liking it just 
with a grain of salt. That's called loyalty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I gotta stay down for Bay. So there you go. I liked it. Plus, I liked Tessa. I liked her character. And I liked them two together because I liked them as Valkyrie and Thor. I thought they worked well together. I thought they played off of each other well. But other than that, I mean, it was just, I wasn't expecting it to be like groundbreaking, like maybe the first one when it came out, but it was enjoyable. Like, I actually, I really did like the movie. I felt some kind of way about Liam Neeson because, you know, he's still on punishment. Right. And I didn't know he was going to be in the movie. And I was like, dang it, I like this man, but I shouldn't be liking him (laughs) because he's racist. But yeah, I liked it. I I don't think, I haven't listened to y'all's episode yet, so I haven't heard what (laughs) y'all didn't like. I, (laughs) well, um, Stephanie from uh, Mocha Minutes and Peter from um, from the group, they both liked it more, a little bit more than I did. They still gave it like, mediocre to mixed reviews but I just mm-hmm. I thought nothing about it worked at least none of the things I thought would work like I didn't like oh, the performances dang. I didn't like the writing I didn't like the special effects the character designs dang. I didn't I hated Ow. the score in particular the only thing I think I might have liked is that some mm-hmm. of the camera work looked nice here and there so I thought I thought mm-hmm. that Chris and Tessa there were a couple of scenes where their chemistry sort of sort of started to work but a lot of it felt like they had cut and I re- now learned later, of course, that the producer, Walter um, Parks, had cut the movie up himself, took it from F. Gary mm. Gray, who tried to quit, like, multiple times while it was being made. Mm. And, and it, it, that's what it felt like. Without even me even knowing that, I could feel something was wrong with the way this movie was, See, was edited like and put like together. That's your, like, that's your professional hat on. It might be. like That's I, like whenever I read stuff, I always immediately find errors. Yeah. So I feel like you can't help but notice stuff like that because <laughs> you're professional. Um, I also saw Dark Phoenix that same week. I think actually two days before I saw Men in Black, and mm. I liked it. You might be the only person. Well, not I, the only person. You and whoever it is writing the um, op-eds for comicbook.com. <laughs> Because they were so like, Dark Phoenix deserves more than it got. You know, op-eds rolling across my timeline. I just keep I scrolling like, past. Just, I don't know. I've always liked X-Men. I used to watch the cartoons. But I was, I've was i never been, like, deep into the X-Men lore, like, as far as, like, the comic book and stories and all that kind of stuff. I just like the movies. Yeah. I've only read maybe, only like, five like- X-Men comic books ever, so. Yeah. And then I was happy when, you know, Homegirl died. I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to sit here with you this whole time. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Appreciate yeah, yeah. She was Appreciate in and that. out. Appreciate that. She did annoy me with her, like, wannabe feminist line she had. And I was like, what? Well, y'all just threw that in there for me, too. Like, for time's up. What? That wasn't even necessary. So it didn't work on you, literally? No. And plus, <laughs> and plus, because it came from her, it just felt like... Did she ad-lib that? Like, I felt like that was something that she was like, I want her to say this. And so they let her say it because of who she was. But yeah. Well, well, dang. Other than that, I like the movie. I thought Sansa did great. Good job, I Sansa. like her. I mean, I still like the original Jen Grey from the X Men movies. Found Paige Jensen. Yes, love her. But I think that you know Sophie did good. Um, but that's it for movies. Are we talking about TV? Uh, yes. Okay, so I did. Dang, Ken's not on here. Because he, I did watch, I watched the first episode of Euphoria. Man, 
So Euphoria is the, is the new show Man. on HBO Stars that Diet. As y'all told me specifically, Brandon, Ooh. you are not allowed to watch this program. Listen, I, <laughs> it was so not crazy because, you know, I watched Big Little Lies as well. And so I was like, oh, I need to watch the second episode of Big Little Lies. I like got all the way to press play and I was like, I can't do any more drama. Granted, Big Little Lies <laughs> is like a very tame amount of drama versus Euphoria. But I was like, let me just go to Disney Channel. I had to watch cartoons. Is, for the is rest not, of the night. Latria is belittleized. It's more like, it's more tension, right? It's, it's more like des- if Desperate Housewives was on HBO. Okay. That. So okay. It's, it's more like secrets and lies, murder here and there, um, you know, affairs, that kind of thing. Okay. But it's still okay. kind of, it's still dramatic. But after, after Euphoria, I was like, nah, we're going to have to do some tunes. It's, it's good, but who? Oh, like talk about heavy-handed with with it is heavy-handed. That that show knows exactly what it's. Listen, I thought thirteen. I thought thirteen <laughs> reasons why on Netflix was bad. This is like ten times worse. Uh-uh. But at yeah. least it's HBO, so I feel like you know the parents of America aren't gonna revolt about it. Because yeah. it's, because it's HBO, but it's it's good. I am like super proud of Zendaya. I'm actually happy that she's doing this mm. because I kind of felt like it's getting we're getting to see like you know a different side from her as far as her. I acting. agree. I'm I always. Think, I mean, she was like she is good as that character, really good. I I am in total agreement with you. I I want to see the actors that I like, the actors and actresses I like. I want mm. them to. Do all kinds of different things. Don't just stay right. Um, one thing. If you got an opportunity to try something new, mm-hmm. go ahead and dive right on in. And she listened. She like from the very first scene, I was like, oh wow, I feel like she is actually really. And what was so funny is that her character is high the entire episode. There's not one moment in the episode that she is time. not on drugs. <laughs> Pray for her. From the, from the very first scene, she is like completely high, just taking whatever. And then I was laughing at this little boy who was like the drug dealer. I'm like, where do y'all live? Like, Brandon, they have a little boy in a vending machine. He's like 11. What? He's like, I got pills. I got this. I got this. What you got? What you got? He has a pharmacy inside of a... Uh, of, uh, Brandon will appreciate this because Brandon loves hidden panels. Listen. <laughs> Like, their whole underground system was amazing. I was like, kids are way, way. This this sounds like when on Dasso Raven when Corey in the house started selling the um, soda at the school, <laughs> and they said word on the street is you got the fizzy milk. <laughs> basically, basically. <laughs> My jaw dropped. I was like, if little Timmy don't go home and do his math homework, like what is happening? Like, is it time for your nap? <laughs> I was so disturbed. I was so disturbed. This dude but has a whole pharmacy. <laughs> listen, but there are so many layers. Like when you think you know a character, and then it like it bleeds into like another character doing something, which bleeds into another. It is like this whole network of like everybody's interconnected. It's crazy. I'm gonna yeah. have wine before I watch the rest of it. Like the second episode comes on tonight, I'm gonna have to have wine. I'll probably watch it tomorrow night before I, I can't drink this without wine. I mean, I can't watch it without wine from now on. So you know what this is? I, I was thinking about it the, um, after I watched it. This is Degrassi on steroids. That's never, what this I is. never saw Degrassi. Um, 
Brandon, is there is there a Cliff Notes version of how to explain Jurassic? It's or? a soap opera set in the middle school. I, uh, I mean, I know it was like about kids. I, yeah. I thought it was high school. I think they yes, moved to high school eventually, but they started in middle school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, if y'all have HBO, I, you know, well, Brandon, I don't know if you could take it. You might throw your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be calling y'all oh, at home at 2 in the morning. But you don't have HBO anymore, though, right? I don't. Uh, okay, I, yes. I might consider it at one point. Because I, I usually only have it for Insecure. And since Insecure is coming um, back until 2020, because Issa Rae has all the other things to do right now. I don't have everything. It. All the things. Yep. Yeah, but it's it's good. So I've been watching that and uh, Big Little Lies, I guess, are the two new shows. Um, did you start watching the third season of Jessica Jones? No, I was going to I was gonna start yesterday like I had planned, but I was like, I wasn't in the mood to have to pay attention like I knew I needed to. So okay. I haven't started. I'm gonna try to definitely start it this week, though. Okay. Really quickly. Oh, I... and I'm sorry. I Go did. Ahead. I started uh, Mr. Iglesias yesterday. What's that? That uh, that new comedy show on Netflix with the comedian. Oh, oh. Gabrielle oh. Iglesias. Yeah. Yes. Is it a Sherry sitcom? Shepherd? Yes. Okay. It's funny. It's like yeah, like 30 minute episodes. I need okay. to watch that. Too. I think I watched three or four. Right. It's really, it's funny. Okay. Really quickly before we move forward, I did forget to mention that, because Ali, before you got on, I don't know if how much you heard, I was talking about Can't Stop the Music, the um, Village People movie. Uh, what I, I, when the one I was telling you about a couple of days ago, when you, when mm-hmm. I mentioned, I put that link in the group of the YMCA part, and you were like, but I thought people liked that song. I was like, we do. We just hate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot to mention the movie actually... Um, I forgot the man's name, but he went to see that in Xanadu in a double feature, and he was so pissed off that he, because it's a white man with money, I guess, um, he decided to start the Razzie Awards because of that double feature. And oh. Can't Stop the Music is the first Razzie Award winner for Worst Picture of 1980. Wow. That, okay. that That's its legacy. So that's how upset somebody can get. Yes. <laughs> What was I going? Wow. I was going. Oh yeah, and also, uh, I haven't seen it yet because it's coming soon. I was talking to Latria before we started the show. Um, Boomerang, the app. I don't know if it's showing on the network too, but I'm definitely on the app. They are starting this Friday. They're showing Scooby Doo and Guess Who, which is the updated version of the new Scooby Doo movies, the series where they had a special guest star every episode. Um, and who is it? I see guest starring. There's a bunch of guest stars. Uh, the one that made it to the group because everybody was shocked that it, that it was happening is um, Steve Urkel. Jaleel White is doing the voice, but it's Steve Urkel oh, who's the guest star. How? Tell me how. Tell is that, how what? Can you just do that? Can you just pluck um, characters like that from... from a, Steve a Urkel is a registered trademark of Warner Brothers Entertainment I Incorporated. Say, Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They own him. They they own yes. <laughs> so they're good. Um, wow. I, the other guest stars include Wonder Woman, also a registered trademark of Warner Brothers Incorporated. Um, the Funky Phantom crew. If y'all remember that old Hanna Barbera cartoon show, The Funky Phantom, the Scooby Doo ripoff. Mm, okay. Oh yeah. Where's the three kids and they they actually have an actual ghost and his ghost cat and they solve mysteries themselves. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, you're taking it back. Uh, Chris Paul. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Gervais, Chris Paul is a basketball player. 
Ricky Gervais, uh, Sia, and I think The Flash was another one, the character The Flash. When you say Sia, you mean S-I-A? Yes. Yeah, the, the singer that hides her face with the Isn't white her, and black wig. I they pronounce that Sia. Oh, they might. Uh-huh, it's Sia. It's Sia? Yeah. Okay. I believe so. That's what I say. So, yeah, that comes out on Friday. So I'll see what that's like. Hopefully these episodes aren't an hour long. The biggest problem with the new Scooby-Doo movies is they're a fucking hour long. An hour? Yeah. You well, have, you've never do, seen the episode Whenever before? they do their, uh, like, little... Why does Scooby-Doo need a whole like hour? WrestleMania and stuff, they've always been an hour. Yeah, yeah, those, oh. are the, yeah those are the newer ones. I'm talking about, like, the ones from the 70s, where it's like, today, uh, Scooby-Doo beat Sonny and Cher. Those are 45 minutes long. Wow. <laughs> Without commercials. I, what? <laughs> what? Why Scooby needed a whole hour to solve a mystery? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would be asked when I'd be watching, because I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. Scooby-Doo and the Adams Family. Then after 20 minutes, the shit is still not wrapped up. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> no. I would not be able to handle it as a child, and I and I'm not able to handle it now. <laughs> You've never seen those Ali with Don Knotts and Dick Van Dyke and um, Scooby Doo meets Josie and the Pussycats. You never seen any no, of these? I've I've seen the the of course. Okay, so here's there's two things I need to you to understand. One, Ali wasn't paying attention to the title after Scooby Doo. You didn't notice it, it was, was an hour long, Ali. No, I need you to understand one thing. I wasn't paying attention to the title after Scooby-Doo. So everything melded together for me. So when you say it's it's the difference between Scooby-Doo Incorporated and Scooby-Doo The New Mysteries, I cannot tell the difference as a child. I am a child watching this. You didn't notice as a child that the Scooby-Doo episode was twice as long as it regularly was. Never. I never (laughs) reacted. And the other thing is too, also remember... Uh, that like I, I mean, you don't you don't notice obviously, but when when they started doing guest stars and whatnot, mm-hmm. like I do remember some guest stars, like for example, Scooby Doo meets Sonny and Cher. I just remember these things, but I cannot for the life of me remember any of these episodes in like the, the details of these episodes. So all of Scooby Doo, the only difference I can tell whenever whenever I'm watching a Scooby Doo thing is mm-hmm. the action. Who's in the group because it keeps changing, right? Depending on which season of Scooby-Doo you're watching. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But in terms of the time, all that stuff has vanished from my memory. So I don't remember any of like the times. I just know that usually Scooby-Doo ends in a half an hour. Okay. All right. So here are the other guest stars who are in the show. Um, Batman, who appeared in the 1972 version, the new Scooby-Doo movie. So he's coming back. Yeah. Uh, I remember that because, because Batman had his very old style helicopter yeah, from yeah. the live yeah, it, it, yeah, it was like um, it was it wasn't Adam West's voice, but it was the Adam West version. Are yeah, they and the new the new Christian Bale deep voice Batman. <laughs> no, they have oh Kevin God. Conroy, so it's gonna be like Batman the animated series version. But I um, mean, are they gonna do the deep voice though? Because I feel like that's standard now. Well, nah. well, the Kevin Conroy version didn't use the deep voice. No, he didn't. Yeah, um, he didn't use it. Ricky Gervais, how how's how who's Housey? This is a pop person I don't know. Halsey. She's she's actually supposed to be mixed. Apparently she's half black. Halsey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah, you're right. She's half black and she's a pop artist. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Mark Hamill as himself. Uh, Bill Nye the science guy. Chris Paul. Uh. Um, Sia. 
Keenan Thompson. Paul is so random, though. Chris, like, I can't get over that. Like, of all the, like, Chris Paul. I guess because he had the Harlem Globetrotters on the original. They wanted a basketball person. They uh, couldn't get Kobe. He ain't doing nothing. Yeah, I thought it was just... I, I mean, I'm just saying, if you don't get a basketball player, like I would get somebody that's more like nice. Kobe or like LeBron. I don't like, think they. I don't I mean, think. I don't think they. Would, I don't think they should get Kobe for reasons. Well, okay, yeah, but the thing and LeBron, the, LeBron is going to be in Space Jam too, so he's busy. Yeah, but le, what, what I totally agree with what Latria is saying because what Latria is saying is like for people who don't watch basketball, Chris Jones is going to fly right over their head. Chris Paul. Oh. Sorry, see. I don't. I see. I'm even forgetting the, the last name. That's all. Wow. I mean, he's like, he's like good. You know, he's up there in notoriety. I just, it's just a random. I don't know. I just wouldn't have guessed. They would okay. be like, hey, who we get Chris Paul. Oh, is that Keenan Thompson? Dwayne Wade. I would even do Dwayne Wade. Yeah, you could have gotten Dwayne Wade. Exactly. And Get someone everybody, even non-sports fans, know. Right. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, Penn and uh, Teller. Yeah, he is. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. Wanda Sykes. Oh, what? Jim. Jim Gaffigan? Mm-hmm. So, wow. So they just, he just on the train to redemption bill, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wanda Sykes. I saw that clip of her um, in the in the trailer. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> And are they all playing themselves? If, if I if if I don't assign them, uh, if I don't say the character is listed as them playing themselves, so yeah, Wanda Sykes as herself, will be Goldberg okay. as herself, Penn okay. and Teller as themselves. Only people's playing the characters: Kevin Conroy is playing Batman, Jill White is playing Steve Urkel, and there are actors I mean, playing. He is Steve Urkel, he, so. Oh, oh, don't, 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 uh. don't ever say that to him in person. Uh, <laughs> and there are actors playing Sherlock Holmes, Wonder Woman, and Abraham Lincoln. And Weird Al is the other guest star on the list. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Who's playing Abraham Lincoln? Uh, John John DiMaggio. He's a voice. He's a celebrity voice actor. Okay, but still, is he a ghost? He's a ghost. <laughs> he is, I saw that in the trailer. He is a ghost. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I think Abraham Lincoln appears in the Funky Phantom episode. Okay, because I had questions. I just because you know the Funky Phantom comes from night comes from seventeen seventy six. So I guess they get another ghost from in between then and now <laughs> to help them solve a mystery. We have a friend, friend, friend. He's Funky Phantom. <laughs> he pops right in oh, just boy. when we need him most. <laughs> All right, Ali, what have you been watching? I have been watching. Well, first I sampled. Definitely uh, Jessica Jones's season three. And this is the final episode. Jessica Jones will no longer be appearing on Netflix after this. And Kristen Ritter said she ain't, she ain't doing it no more and Kristen, either. Kristen Ritter is, is done. I'm sure um, tired. I will say a couple of things about um, Jessica Jones in general first. Um, I feel, honestly, if I had to rank um, the Netflix Marvel properties... Jessica Jones is definitely high up there for me. Um, I, I've always liked Kristen Ritter as an actress. Um, she is a bit typecasted because she's always playing a snarky, dark-haired, um, white, white, young-ish um, girl. And so she has a lot of dry humor, and that's kind of like what I like. And honestly, pairing that sort of personality with the fact that she has um, super strength and like that durability and fast healing, uh, that's that's great. That's all the things that I want, um, honestly. Um, she's 
<laughs> she's very antisocial. <laughs> she doesn't like people. Oh, no, yes, she is. <laughs> and she's just, she's usually fed up for 90% of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she plays that very, very well. So um, I feel like this season, season three, is honestly the best season. Um, I'm very happy that, just like with Daredevil, um, the final season, um, the show, they, the showrunners did not, um, they did not uh, uh, become, they weren't complacent about just putting this stuff out there because they're on contract. Um, they wanted to go out with a bang. And I am. Um, Definitely in agreement. I only have one episode left. I already know what I think is going to happen. But anyways, it's it's a very powerful um, season of, of Jessica Jones. Second season was, um, uh, I'd say it's better than the first, but I, it had some problems that I, towards the end that I, I didn't really like. But this one really, this one really hit um, the, the all the different points that I wanted. So uh, I'm very happy with it so far. Um, but yeah, that's Jessica Jones on Netflix. Um, uh, the charity brought it up, but I watched Euphoria on HBO. Honestly, I I will say a bit just before, um, before I ever saw this episode and I saw the trailers on um, on HBO, um, I did not look at the, the synopsis. I did not read the synopsis on purpose because I just wanted to try to figure out or glean anything from the trailers. And all I saw from the trailers is just, just Zendaya just exhaling really, really long. <laughs> right. And just inhaling really, really long. And, and I was like... walking like she was about to fall over. I was like, okay, so this is about drugs. <laughs> right. I was just like... I'm, okay. I'm, then they called it euphoria. So that's the other thing. Is euphoria is just, you know, that sort of a really in-your-head space happiness, just, loose, just lucid, you know, sort of, um, you know... In, yeah, it's just insane. Just that sort of eye, eyeballs rolling in the back of your head mm-hmm. sort of feeling. And so I was just like, well, um, these are young people. Uh, this show is called Euphoria. And um, it's on HBO. I'm going to guess that this is about drugs. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is, though, even though um, drug use is a large part, it's like, I'm not just drug use, but mm-hmm. drug use for young people, even though that's a large part of this show, I feel like it's as if they're going to use that as their way to sort of trap you. So that way you you come for to see this kind of mess, but you stick around for the personalities and the stories. Yeah. Well, what and got I, me was mm-hmm. in the beginning um, that it really kind of explained how Sindea's character became the way she was. Remember, because she was born like the day after 9-11. And so that was like all that they were playing on the TVs in the hospital room. So it's basically like she just internalized this trauma immediately. She just kind of like soaked in that trauma of like 9-11. And because she was just saying how like there was literally no reason for her to be depressed the way she was as a child. And so it does, it says something about how, like, we take on our environments, you know. It's interesting that she brought that up because I thought, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. Think about, like, just like for Black people, we watch something on the news and it just, like, affects us on a cellular level. And we've never, like, it's not, 
there's no proximity to us, and, you know, personally. It doesn't affect anybody in our family, but we still take on that stress and that trauma of watching, you know, certain things on the news. It's, it's the same kind of thing. And so I thought that was interesting that they brought that up or that they, I think, you know, explain that. They're probably going to also talk about the fact that because there are some people, it's a rare thing, but mm-hmm. there are some people remember things from from the time they were, you know, they were babies. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, it's a very rare thing that happens, but it, it usually affects the person for a very long time into the future. And I kind of want them to go that route too. Like just suddenly drop the fact that Zendaya, she, her memory is really, 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 really good. Or, you know, or she has that, that, that particular trait. I like that this story isn't just, oh, I'm taking drugs because, you know, I'm young and I'm stupid. It's mm. not that. I, and, I, and I really, really appreciate that. There's, right. there's reasons why things are happening. And Zendaya's character, she's, she's very aware of what she's doing. It's never one of those things where it's like, right. oh, you know, I don't have a problem. I'll just keep on doing this. No, it's, I know why I'm doing this and I and I know why I should stop. But, but and then she goes into a really amazing monologue halfway through this episode where she's talking to um, her, like her, her drug hookup, not hookup as in like, her drug um, uh, enabler or the person who, who tells her where to find the whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And she's talking to him at a party, and she. Oh, the white dude. Yeah, she. Yeah, the white dude, whom I suspect mm-hmm. is way more intelligent than he's letting on. Um, yeah, she, I, I got that too. Yeah. She she goes into a really interesting monologue, um, and I I suspect that this is this is Emmy making, but she goes into a monologue about what it feels like when she's actually indulging in these illicit substances. And that explanation, I have to admit, I almost was like, hmm, maybe I should try it. And I was like, what? And then before I even finished the event, my mind slapped the shit out of me. And they were like, boy, (laughs) you don't stop. I was like, I'm gonna do a little dab, a little dab, just a little dab. I was like, no, no, bad, bad. Drugs, Did you bad. watch the uh, the after show with oh, her I and the? I think it was either the dir- the writer. I think the guy who wrote it. It was too late, so I didn't watch the after oh, show. Okay. Yeah, it was that good? It. I hope they do this like every episode because it was it was really just like cool. just like in just like in Game of Thrones is like an uh-huh. after show. Like it was like her okay. and him just sitting down talking about you know this and about the show and everything. Okay, cool. Well, uh, so yeah, so Euphoria is very good. And I, and I also want to point out there that Zendaya may be the, the leading character in this, but this first episode did a really good job of just sort of laying the groundwork for all the characters. Like, I can't wait to see more of her sister. What's the girl's name? The sister is the girl in, in Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, what's her name? Um... And, and she's also the girl in um, When They See Us. Sky something, Sky something, Sky S K Y Y. No, it's not Sky something. Oh, hold on, it's a second. From Wrinkle in Time, a Wrinkle the yes. in Time, starring Christ. Give me a second. Looking it up, her name is Storm Reed. I'm thinking of Storm Sky Reed. Jackson. I can't wait to see more of her. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, 
just kind of developing throughout this and how she, you know, because, I mean, she still, like, she loves her sister. And you can tell, and Zendaya loves her, too. Like, they have a really good relationship. Yes. But it's just like, your sister is a drug addict. <laughs> yeah, I I really... Because you would think in most of these relationships, like, Zend- like, Zendaya's character would, you know, shun her or hate her, be mean to her, but she's very loving toward her sister. Yes, yes. Um, I think that that... that particular actress has a lot of potential it's it was kind of creepy watching this episode too because because um storm reed looks exactly like my younger that, cousin well <laughs> she looks just like zendaya like they are a perfect match oh, oh, yeah they're really good they're really so, good matching quick sidebar mm-hmm. white teenage boys should stop editing wikipedia articles the wikipedia article for wrinkle in time is noticeably negative about how bad the movie did financially in its opening paragraph um give me a moment please go keep talking about euphoria um i'll be i'll be typing are you editing the episode he's probably probably editing wikipedia are you really (laughs) (laughs) all right well euphoria see it if you have hbo Yes. Reddit is in real time yes. editing. Like, okay. Okay. Let me go on this is, see if I can see yeah. it in real time. For anybody who's for anybody who's like thinking that that we're not completely live, we are live people. We <laughs> we be live live Wikipedia editing right now. Brother is over there kermiting the frog on his keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna set things right. <laughs> so anywho, but but yeah, I I think it is um. I think this is a show that I'm going to keep on watching for a while. So, okay. So there's so that that was <clears throat> so that was Euphoria on HBO. Um, I'm trying to think of the 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 last thing that I saw. Um, uh, oh, okay, I'm gonna leave it at that because I can't remember the other one, the, the other thing. But yeah, so this just these two things I checked out, and of course I checked out Toy Story four. Um, uh, yesterday. We'll talk about Toy Story 4 later. So, um, yeah. All right. Coffee Light Sweet. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. I missed you guys. Um, we, I missed went you. To, we missed you too. Oh, thank you. I went to see um, an independent film, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Did anyone go see that? I've been wanting no. to go see it, but... It's only one place in Atlanta, isn't Phipps. it? Is that Phipps? I, and I pray this someplace sounds besides Phipps because Phipps unprojects movies. If they don't uh-huh. put it any place else, I'll just buckle down and go. But I'm kind of hoping that they open it someplace else. I had to check my um, Fandango. They may already have. I yeah. thought it would at least be at Midtown. Uh, yeah, me too. Like that's the that's the place that I would have thought that they would have that movie. Well, the national release was on the 21st because it was limited um, at like you know. Um, independent houses and then i read that on friday the 21st it would expand a little bit more so it might be available easier to find but i i would encourage anyone who's listening and you all on the panel go see this movie wow it is just wonderful and um the title threw me, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and, and it was very provocative, and, and it worked because I was like, what, is, what, what does this mean? What is this about? The Last Black Man, what? You know, and basically, um, it's about a house. It's about this beautiful home in San Francisco, um, and the part of San Francisco, it's being gentrified, 
Um, and it's this young man. This house was a part of his family's history, and it was lost due to financial difficulty, a loss due to, you know, they, they just lost the house. Mm-hmm. And even though his family no longer owns the house, what he does to stay connected to the house is he makes sure that the weeds are pulled up. He makes sure that like minor repairs are done. And it's hilarious because he doesn't own the house and, and the house is owned by this older white couple. And he just comes in and fixes stuff. <laughs> he just comes <laughs> in. He just, they will come home from shopping or come home from, you know, traveling and they will find him like under the house doing repairs in the backyard, you know, making it beautiful. And it's it's kind of bittersweet because that's illegal. You you can't you really right. cannot go on someone's property even though you are repairing it. And it's obvious that he's harmless. It's obvious that he's, you know, he's not a vagrant, he's not crazy. He just really loves this house. And you could see the struggle because the couple, they're looking at him like, we appreciate, we really appreciate what you're doing. But you can't do this. Mm-hmm. This is this is our you can't you and 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 as an audience member you get it because if you were them you would not want someone that you don't know even though he's repairing your home and he's keeping it beautiful you know he's finishing the the trim on the outside he's clearing the gutters still it, you can't do that well he has his um best friend his best friend is called um Montgomery this young man, this actor, his name is Jonathan Majors. Keep your eye on him. When he is in a scene, even though he's in the scene with the lead character, Jimmy Fails, you can't take your eyes off of the other um, actor, Jonathan Majors, who plays Montgomery. He, there is something about his presence on screen. You are so mesmerized by his energy. Look him up. His name is Jonathan Majors. Then um, it's beautifully shot. Um, Brandon, when you see this movie, I know that you will appreciate just the angles of the shots, the the cinematography. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. And then there's a twist in the film. I'm not going to give it away, but there's a twist in the film and it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And I actually shed a tear. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm actually crying. There's a twist in the movie. Um, and his best friend, um, the, the character who plays um, Montgomery, the actor Jonathan Majors who plays Montgomery, he finds out what this twist is. And in the role of a true friend, he it's almost like a quandary. If you know something and this person is your best friend, do you tell them this secret that will destroy them? Or do you just not tell them and let them be happy? Because you know how much it means to them. Right. What, but you're their best friend. What do you do? And you see the struggle on Montgomery's face. You see him struggling and, and, and his eyes are welling up with tears because he's, he knows what he has to do. And I won't tell you what he does. But Montgomery knows what he has to do. He knows what he has to do. Mm. Um, and uh, it's a beautiful film. Go see it. Go see it. Last Black Man in San Francisco. I and think, then I, uh, I was going to say, I think I better go see it this yeah. 
tomorrow. I go see yeah. it. Don't it have any to. dates for it past Thursday, so they might be pulling it after. after You'll Thursday. love it. What? Go see it, guys. Like, how long is it going to stay in? Yeah, because like you, because like yeah, I'll check back tomorrow because you know they might mm-hmm. just have, have their dates for the next coming week yet. But mm-hmm. that kind of looks like a go bad see time. it. I go see it. Danny Glover's <laughs> in it. Danny Glover's in it. He yeah. plays the grandfather. He's you see why he is the Danny Glover. It's like wow. Right. Um, what's his name? Um, the comedian. Oh, come on, Mike, uh, Mike Epps. And I thought that Mike Epps was going to have some sort of like. Well, why is he? Mike Epps can act. Yeah, uh, well, he really can. Have y'all what? have y'all seen Sparkle? The remake of Sparkle. No, he's the only really good thing about it. Him and Carmen Ejogo's acting, not her singing, her acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Epps can actually act. If you I, give I him material, he can, he can he actually act good. for real. I he did not really know. He, he has a wonderful scene in the movie. And uh, Tisha Arnold from Martin. Tashina. 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 Tashina, excuse me. Tashina Arnold from Martin kills it. Kills ha, ha, this, you know what this sounds like? Because um, Tashina Arnold, Tisha Campbell was Tisha in. Tisha Campbell, that's no, right. It was, no, which one is it first? I was it's saying Tashina, I was Tashina saying, Arnold. I was saying Tisha Arnold, but it's Tashina Arnold, she's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tisha Campbell is in Blind Spotting, which this sounds a lot like. Mm-hmm. You, did... Yes, yes, yes. Mm. People are comparing it a lot to Blind Spotting, but go see it, guys. Yeah. And we can talk about it, you know, maybe another yeah. time. It'll be worth it. Yeah, It'll I heard a. I heard one of the podcasts I listened to had one of the um, the co-writers on, and he mm-hmm. was talking about it. And I was like, dang, I, it made me like really want to see the movie. It's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful and thing. he was saying how Danny Glover is actually from San Francisco. Yes, he is. And so is the um the writer as well as the actor Jimmy Jimmy Falls. Falls. Yeah. Oh holy Dale. shit. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hey, they ain't gonna you know, be lying. They do sh- they are showing sure get at midtown art cinema. Okay. There you I go. Go. go see it. Yeah. I didn't show up on mine. It's not on Fandango. I just Googled it just now. Mm-hmm. Wow, Fandango racial. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> to to so. be honest, I I think it's more so that Midtown Art Cinema doesn't have any deal with Fandango at all. Period. Oh, because it's like a art house. Yeah. Type theater. Yeah. Go see it, guys. Oh, good. Okay. Go see it. Yeah, I'll go to Mid. Yeah. I'll go to Midtown Arts before I go to Spips. Because I want to talk about it with someone, but I don't want to take the joy from you by telling you too much. You got to experience it fresh. Right. And and then and then come back. And then I also saw, of course, uh, Toy Story Four. Yeah. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. All right. I don't know where Ken is. Hopefully he comes back soon. But we will go ahead on to, well, we only have one real news topic, but it's a big one, Um, to the news. All right. So Kyle Buchanan is a journalist who works for the New York Times. He put out this very, 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 very massive article and a bunch of adjoining articles because he was basically asked to go and interview some of the biggest names in um, currently in motion pictures, directors, producers, and actors and writers, to ask them this question, how will the movies as we know them survive the next 10 years? So as we've covered on the show this year, um, pretty much everything that isn't associated with Disney has been underperforming at best at the box mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of dire out there. E- and then even this week, we'll talk about it, I guess, later on. We talk about it now. Uh, Toy Story 4 
was estimated by Disney, which, you know, the studio always underestimates their box office projections. They always go under just in case. They said it was going to make $130 million and made it 110 And so now there are articles coming across my timeline, like this one from the New York Times. Uh, Toy Story 4 tops box office but falls short of studio's hopes. Hmm. Uh, they're basically saying that Toy Story 4 is um, a underperformer. And, of course, the nerds on the internet are saying, flop, flop, flop. Because <laughs> even though it made over $100 million, it didn't make $130 million. Right. Um, and, of course, you know, we had Men in Black International and Dark Phoenix and Godzilla, which which underperformed. We had Pikachu, which did... Fine. We had John Wick, which did okay. John Wick did fine. John Wick did better. John Wick did really good. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, before that, we had Shazam, which did okay. Um, Dumbo, which did not do okay, but Dumbo is not a good movie. It didn't. Uh. Um, that movie's terrible. Um, but so people have been kind of in a panic because people thought that even if, you know, regardless of quality, which I think is part of the problem here, they felt like. Movies like Men in Black International and Dark Phoenix will at least be able to pull some sort of some sort of an audience, and they're not being able to do that any longer. Um, so they inter- so Kyle Buchanan interviewed Ava DuVernay, Jason Bloom from Blumhouse, um, Octavia Spencer, Kamal Nagiani, Lena Waif, J.J. Abrams, John Chu, Jessica Chat, John Chu's producer of a lot of these movies, also director of uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, Jessica Chastain, Elizabeth Banks, Barry Jenkins, and the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. And they talked basically about how the film industry has been changing over the last couple of years. Some of them want it to stay the way it was because that's what they were familiar with. That's what they used to. Some, like Avery DuVernay in particular, are basically saying that the old way is basically dying for a myriad of reasons. Uh, before we get into what Ava said, because she said a lot of very salient points that I wanted to point out, let's talk about Lena Waves' interview first, because I saw people sharing clickbait versions of her, you know, from other outlets that, you know, put provocative titles in the headline that nobody actually reads. What, Bossip? Uh, it wasn't Bossip this time. It was somebody else. Uh, I think it was Yahoo, as a matter of fact, which is terrible. Oh, so like a white, like Mm -hmm. an other, other. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Before you do this, I I just want to just say this one thing, quick thing. I really appreciate that we actually, you know, as Brandon would say, read. Read. (laughs) I really appreciate that there are several podcasts that I listen to on a regular, I'm not going to call anybody's name, and they're just, they just report what any old site is saying as the gospel, and I don't hear enough of, you know, I've looked into this, here's what you need to know about blah, blah, and like an explanation, just fact-checking and that sort of thing. And they just say whatever, and then days after you find out from other sources, hey, all of that stuff is not true, or, or here's what really happened, uh, this, is mis- this is a misunderstood um, point, or this is someone taking out of content. So yeah, I just, I just yeah, want to appreciate we actually <laughs> we try because even good outlets like for example the whole swamp thing thing apparently like well I, it might be clean up from the studio they're saying now that swamp thing wasn't canceled because of the tax break issues just that it went way over budget and they decided not to do anymore um that's what they're saying now but deadline reported that is that they thought they were getting more money from the government than they actually got 
Not a whole, not that forty million to, to fourteen million. Bills more like fourteen to eighteen is what they were saying. But Warner Brothers is coming saying, "No, no, we knew we just do a suspense. We don't like it." Um, <laughs> so, like sometimes even they will get it wrong. But we're talking about, for example, Lena Waithe. I saw a headline that said Lena Waithe calls out Will Smith and Denzel Washington for not supporting black movies, not for not producing more black movies for pe- for other people. What she actually said. Yeah, in her interview, which even we'll talk about what she said, she was saying that she wanted to see more black celebrities financing independent black cinema because she pointed out that Twelve Years a Slave and Moonlight were both produced by Plan B Productions, which is owned by y'all know who owns Plan B Productions. I will Brad give... Pitt. Yes, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, of course, is not black. Um, his black daughter, but he's not black. Um, and so she was saying it wasn't Will Smith, it wasn't Denzel. And they, because before that, like five paragraphs up, she has talked about people who make $20 million a movie in Hollywood. And she said, if I had made $20 million a movie in Hollywood, I'd be, produce, I'd be producing four or five independent um, black movies every year. And then when she later on said that Will and Denzel didn't produce uh, Troy Years of Slavery or Moonlight, people put the two of those together and did a synthesis to say that that's who she was talking She was calling them out. Now, she may have been, but that's not actually what she said in the way that she said it. That's one. Two. What she said about if she made $20 million a movie as an actor, she'd be financing four or five independent films a year. I'm assuming that she's going to be living a very plain means because if you make $20 million on a movie, you're getting nine. Really, you're probably getting like seven or eight because the rest is going to taxes, your agent, your manager, your lawyer, and so forth. And an independent film, I'm guessing... You know, your average independent film costs at least like a million bucks to produce if you want like something that's going to win awards and things like that. And generally, they cost a whole bunch more and you get production partners and things like that. So she's spending the whole check, I guess she assumes to be doing on these movies. I'm just, I understand that she's talking a little bit out of emotion. Sometimes I see people doing their interview with these things like, and she's not a mat, she's not sitting with a mathematician to figure these things out. She's just basically upset that more stars aren't funding independent films but here's the thing maybe because of who their managers are or were and because they set themselves up so early ahead of time people like oprah will smith and denzel washington they produced movies but they produced very small studio movies is what they got put off the ground, what they put their money up for. Uh, things like, you know, Will put, you know, got movies made for all of his kids. You know, he got The Karate Kid for Jaden. He had Annie for Willow, but she dropped out and they got Virginia Wallace instead. And he also produced ATO, in which he, of course, does not appear. That movie doesn't get made without Will Smith because uh, Dallas Austin tried to get a movie made for a long time before it actually got made. Because uh, I heard about ATO when it was still called Jelly Beans, when it was... Um, when him and T-Boss were trying to get it made and nobody would make it. Then Will Smith and Jay-Z came along. Well, no, I think just Will Smith. Will Smith and Jay-Z both made Annie. But Will Smith got um, ATL produced. Denzel, of course, is producing all the August Wilson movies, which nobody was going to touch unless it was somebody black. You know, he got Fences made. He made his, you know, produced his own films. Uh, Antoine Fisher and The Great Debaters. He's now producing Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, another August Wilson film, in which he does not appear. And of course, Oprah, Oprah, 
more so is produ- has produced TV shows like The Women of Brewster Place, a whole lot of TV movies and TV specials, a whole lot of feature films. Like she produced Selma, she produced When They See Us for Ava DuVernay. It's not as if they're not making these things. They're not just there's not they're not financing independent cinema. Now that may be things for them for them to shift, but the way it's being framed as it you know disseminates out from the New York Times is that these celebrities are holding on to their money by themselves and not actually trying to participate in the production of other movies. Because somebody was asking me, why doesn't Tyler Perry help produce independent Black cinema? Tyler Perry is independent (laughs) Black cinema. (laughs) Up until last year when he got his deal with Paramount Pictures, he was producing movies that were being released, he was funding himself that were being released through Lionsgate. Right. <laughs> um, I think it's just more so that people. I mean, I think people like to kick celebrities because they're easy targets. Sometimes, sometimes they deserve it. Sometimes, though, is more of a nuanced situation. She was misinformed. Her rage she got the better of her. Her. I would say her, it wasn't rage. Let's not. It's not. Her okay, escalated her, that high. <laughs> rage is a strong word. Her. Um, she is concerned. Her concern. Yeah. Because her, her concern is a valid concern because yeah. independent cinema, black, white, and otherwise, is dying. Cinema in general, if it's not a very small horror movie, like a Get Out or a Us or a Child's Play, or a very large tentpole, like an Endgame or a Captain Marvel that's based on some sort of a nerd-friendly IP, is dying, period. Um a perfect example that's given in this, um, two examples that are given in these interviews are um, The Long Shot and Booksmart. Two movies that I neglected to see myself even though I wanted to. I just, you know, like, I, I keep having to go see these other big movies every time we have a show. Um, I remember seeing people come out of Booksmart and they they seemed like they had enjoyed themselves. And I was like, let me go see, I'll see, see Booksmart. But um, <laughs> these are movies that, 10, 20 years ago would have been hits because people um, didn't have a problem seeing small movies in the movie theater. Nowadays, of course, we talked about a little bit on the show before. We have a Netflix and a you know a Amazon and a Hulu and a movie that's like a like a Booksmart or a The Long Shot. It's something most people nowadays, even though it distresses me, would rather see at home in their living rooms rather than seeing in the theater. Because I remember, our, this is this, this is the main argument Ali and I have, like, when we're just talking, hanging out on the phone. Right? I, I suppose. It's sure. one of them. <laughs> like, because Ali is like, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase here. Brandon, I don't want to see comedies in the movie theater. There's nothing that adds to, to, it, to it for me. But I'm like, but Ali, you can see a comedy with a full audience and, like, you all, everybody laughs together and the movie is better for it. Right. I don't like it still because, like, I saw Think Like a Man Part One in the movie theater with a full audience in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. That's that an experience. That was, yeah. Mm-hmm. You will never get that experience watching it at home on Blu ray or watching it on Netflix or wherever it ends up on streaming because you don't get that. You don't get everybody yeah. laughing at every joke. You don't get the whole, everybody audience, woo! And Michael Ely came out with no shirt on. You don't mm-hmm. get none of that. Yeah. <laughs> You don't get that communal experience, which is what a lot of these movies are made for. They're tested with audiences, how they play back to audiences and how Mm -hmm. the audiences react. They don't, you know, test them in vacuums, usually. 
See, I I totally understand that point. Mm-hmm. However, explanation will still not work on me because <laughs> I'm not a social. <laughs> <laughs> Ali said he is not changing. Okay. I am not. So you are not. You are not Jennifer Holiday. You are not changing. So I. So so you telling me Ali, but there are there are crowds of people you could watch it with. That's not gonna get me to do anything. Whether it's watching movies, whether it's eating together, it no communal stuff is not my. It's not my jam. So my 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 argument with you was more or less when I see a, a comedy on TV versus on a big screen, it makes no difference from, for, um, for me because the, the thing that is the, the, the appeal of watching it in a communal setting where you can laugh with a group of people, that does not appeal to me. Like that part, that thing that's drawing you to watch that movie, that if that's the only point that you bring up for me, that's not going to... That's not going to get me into the theater, but that's just me because that's my personality. I'm not a social bug. Okay. Uh, Kamal Nugiani's interview had two really nice points. Um, You're going to learn to say this man's name. Let me do it one more time for you. <laughs> do, do it again, please. Nan Gianni. I'm, I'm looking right here. Nan Gianni. There's a, another N in there early on. Right. So my yeah. bad. Um, yeah, Kamal Nanjiani, he he said that, this, this is one of his quotes here. I read a stat somewhere that the average person goes to the movie theater around four times a year. <laughs> and these huge movies come out and kind of suck up all the air. And so basically, you know, if you have a small little movie, listen, if there's, th- if there's a year where there's two Marvel movies, a big Disney tentpole remake, mm-hmm. and this year there's three of them, uh, and a Star Wars, that's all your movies. And they're all going to the same studio. <laughs> yeah. that's, listen, that's big, listen, big Bob part. Iger, we, we, people talk shit about him, but he was, he's, he's smart. He, you know, he was smart. He said, buy this and buy that. <laughs> Why? You'll see. <laughs> um, and the other thing he said was that he was at a bar in Hollywood, him and his friend who was a, who was a director. And he was trying to tell his friend a lot of the younger people like 25 and younger, don't even watch movies like that anymore. They watch YouTube more often than they watch movies and TV shows. They watch, you know, movies, pers- TV, per- uh, YouTube personalities, you know, talking about things. And they actually asked the person in the, um, in the line to go to the restroom. And the lady, they asked, she said, because uh, they asked her what her favorite movies were. And she says, I don't watch movies. And, and I'm sure that, that director probably went home and drunk himself. Or he went to the bar and just ordered like nine shots because just. <laughs> um, wow. Like that, that's just so crushing. <laughs> but I can, I can definitely, but when I, um, because I, I'm subscribed to a number of channels on YouTube or for people who just, and the crazy thing is it's not even like cinematic stuff. I would sub. I have subscriptions that I um, whose updates I play throughout my workday, and they are literally as mundane as watching someone's corgi in China in in Japan, um, yeah. basically just um, frolic in the park. 
<laughs> that is that is <laughs> that is some of my my I have a whole section. It's just it's just people and their pets. Just because Lord knows a nine to five job. If you're if that's not your passion um, that you're doing, it can get kind of stressful, guys. And so you need something to decompress. And so, but yeah, and the other thing is too, like the the views that some of these videos get. And again, for the mundane stuff, hundreds of thousands of views over just watching a corgi be a corgi. <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely understand where, um, why this person said what they said. And it is, it's very disheartening for those of us who, who would like um, the, the cinema to remain a, a, a staple in our society as, like Brandon says, a place for us to have a communal viewing experience. Because people try on like Netflix when a new movie comes out, they try to organize, you know, watch parties and everything like that on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And they live tweet the thing. Sometimes that works. But like, you got to be there the day the shit comes. It's like, it's only that one day and that one time where that works. Because like later, yeah. otherwise it's like you got to use the hashtag and hope somebody finds your hashtag and responds to it later on if you happen to not to watch it at that time. So I think with Sabrina's one of the times I did that when I watched it the second it came out on Netflix and everybody was talking about it and like in sort of kind of real time and that's close to what you can get. Yeah, but maybe some people just don't like people. Like Ali. And they don't want to be out. Or also people have like, <laughs> you gonna stop dragging Ali's name in the book. Come for me, Brandon. He gonna live, Brandon, okay? He gonna pop up on you. <laughs> you better not let up. <laughs> Keep that same energy. <laughs> right. But people have invested so much money into, like, you know, these big 75-inch TVs or, like, whole theater rooms in their houses, surround sound. So it's kind of like, they don't have a need to actually go out. They can watch it, you know, in the comfort of their own home in their pajamas if they want to. That is a really good point because, so, yeah, the technology. Listen, I yeah. went, I think at Christmas, I never, I didn't end up doing it, but I went looking for like TV shopping and I was appalled that like, you know, like if you wanted to get like a regular HD TV, mm-hmm. you could, they're like cheap. They're like a $200, oh. $300. <laughs> Like, even up to, like, about a 50-inch. I'm like, whoa. Yep. I thought this was going to be, like, $600. Like, no, you can get a 50-inch TV for probably, like, $249 or something. Or, like, yeah. at least $300 something. Like, yeah. All the prices towards the 4K was now, which you have a 4K TV. You have a better resolution at your house than they do at the movie theater, usually. Because oh, unless, you, that cr- unless you're bet- at... Um, yeah. Parkway Point, I think it's the only theater in town that has those 4K projectors in every, in pretty much almost yeah. every auditorium. Yeah. But, best, but, okay, but, so, hold on, one, one at a time, Latria first. One time, sorry, first. Sorry, sorry. My best friend's TV, I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's 4K, but she's had it for like a couple of years and it was the first time I ever saw it. It looks like you're looking through like a window. Like you're peeking through someone's window. Yeah, it does not look like you're watching like a TV or a movie. I'm like, I was like, I wouldn't. The first time I saw it, I was like, "What's wrong with your TV?" <laughs> I was like, I was like, are they about to like reach through like, <laughs> like the ring? <laughs> like, it's freaking when you don't expect it because you're looking at it and it's like, are we? 
are they just like in another room? Like what? Is, it's so weird. I don't know if that's for, I don't know what that's called. But I was like, okay. this is so this is weird. Latria, I think what that is is um on Brandon, is it that the frame rate is cramped all the way up? Yeah, they probably have a 4K TV with that that 120 hertz smoothing turned on. Like when you watch so when you watch football, it looks like listen about to run through the screen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I remember the first time I <laughs> saw that. Any movie, any TV show, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. It's yep. just it's, it's like it's very it's very realistic. Yeah. Yeah, and unnerving. Um, I remember I was I was in the first time I saw that I was in Best Buy, mm-hmm. and you know where they have all the TVs displaying, and yeah. I walked past the TV and it was. It had the characters on when CSI in Miami used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it had the characters on, um, you know, walking around on the on the on the TV, and I thought what I was what I just glanced at was like a, you know, when they have like an after show and they sh- they or they show you behind the scenes of CSI Miami. So they show right. the characters walking on set in their costumes, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was what that was because the cr- the frame rate was cranked up so high that it looked like as if I was watching people in like real time yeah. and then i stopped and i walked past the i walked past the you know the, the the tv again and there was an action scene playing and i thought that can't be behind the scenes so i stood there and i was like oh my god this is an actual episode why is it why does it look like as if i can just yeah walk through it's like reach your hand bad. in and be an extra yeah, <laughs> yeah you got that 120 hertz turn on which I should say i don't recommend that shit unless the movie was shot unless it's sports or like Live television. If it is a movie, people shoot movies at 24 frames per second for a reason. (laughs) Very upset with me when he was at my place and he was just like, he was at my new new TV and he was like, why is that cramped all the way up? Why are you watching it? I'm that person. That's why I bought it for. And he was like, boy, you better better put on these, check. let me see these settings. (laughs) Turn that shit off. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make, don't I can't come over somebody else's house and it's like, no. <laughs> Where's the remote? <laughs> Turn this off. Get it off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, and even the Russo brothers were saying, because, you know, after Endgame, they're going, they're going to MGM to make, quote unquote, regular movies. And mm-hmm. even they are having a hard time getting these regular movies off the ground because there's no superheroes. Well, another... Another caveat to add, too, which is, like, what kept me out of the theaters for probably at least a year or two was the whole, like, shooting. What was it? What was the one? Was it Colorado? Dark Knight Returns. I, I don't remember if it was yeah. Colorado, but it was definitely Dark Knight Returns. That, yeah, with the little orange-haired boy. Is that, yes. Is that the one? Yeah, so after that, I was like, mm-mm. I ain't got time to be cramped up in here and somebody come up here and shit. Like, that freaked me out. So I was like... I won't be going to the movies for a while. I have Netflix and HBO. Right. So that could be another, you know, another reason too. Yeah, we'll talk about movie theaters. People experiences. could just be traumatized and have PTSD. Because I think a lot of movie theaters, like now, like, I feel like a lot of these theaters now also are kind of declining in how they keep their up their theaters. Um, there, we talked about Venture Cinemas 12 and Duluth not having air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> you i was in the car rolling i was like i like how he just glossed over that and didn't like give a true explanation like no we need to talk about this for at least 30 minutes like why were you sitting up in there with a ceiling fan like just I <laughs> and you stayed why i would have de- i would have demanded my money back so fast like how dare you make me pay for this 
Hey, y'all don't have no Central Air. Yeah. In Atlanta? No. Slavery. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that is. We were talking before the show, Ali. We need need to get a clean recording of that from you and put it Mm -hmm. into the soundboard. Need a a button. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just like in general, like, you know, like the people who work at the theater is like, because now that you don't need professional projectionists anymore, because, you know, basically it's, we you, tur- you install a disk drive into a special, um, you know, USB thingy and bam, you turn the projector on and it plays. Um, one of the times, and I promise these won't all be Shazam stories when we get into like our best and worst theater experiences. When I went to go see Shazam and IMAX at the, at the um, at Atlantic Station, um, this was the same day that Penguins came out. Disney Nature is Penguins. You know, the, it's a documentary about Penguins. Mm-hmm. Penguins had been playing during the day and they were playing Shazam at night in the IMAX theater. Uh, whoever the person was, probably under the age of 22, who was running the projector, um, I noticed something was weird when I saw trailers for Frozen 2 and um, The Lion King. They started playing Penguins. Oh Lord! We were there to see um, 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 Billy Batson and them, and Freddie Freeman and, and Mary Bromfield and fight and crime fighting and Doctor Savannah and shit. So I had to go and tell them, um, "Excuse me, um, I paid to see Shazam, and I am seeing um, cute penguins marching across the screen. What's going okay, on so here?" Okay, so in his defense, penguins and Shazam, it's winter. <laughs> oh, <sweetheart. laughs> It just saw snow in the ground. Okay, it's the right movie. <laughs> so for all you know, you know, this is probably what threw the guy off, okay? But yeah, they had to go. It is funny because these movies aren't on film anymore. Films aren't on film. It wasn't like they had to stop the shit and rewind and take this thing off and take and put that reel back on. He had to just change the disc. <laughs> Took all of three Brandon, minutes. <laughs> I know that we are... Con- that we are bringing up this concern, mm-hmm. but are there any solutions? Because I don't like, I, I don't think it, it does us any good to just point it out. Is there anything that that we as as just casual moviegoers or people in general, probably that have the power and the privilege, what can people do to make sure that theaters don't die? So here's the thing. We'll get into Ava's um, article because they pulled her her interview out and expanded it so you can see everything she said. And it's the link's in there. Uh, Ava feels like um, movie theaters are just going to be on their way out. And that's just, we, we just have to deal with it. She doesn't particularly yeah. like it that much, but she's learning to transition to Netflix. With When they see us, she says that she had the option to make it as a movie or as a Netflix series. And she chose Netflix because she, A, it let her make was essentially a four and a half hour movie. Two, there's less concern about editing and, you know, like for content and things like that. They let her more or less do a little bit more of what she wanted to do. There was no pressure about opening box office numbers because the thing is this, they said that When They See Us was the highest rated show on Netflix. That's why his horn is honking. I hope they ain't. Hold on. I was, I was trying to say, I was like, is that coming through my earphones or is that outside my neighborhood? I was trying to... <laughs> right, 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 right. Let me set you all up with this and I'll go ahead and check, check my car. Um, but what yeah. she said was that, you know, um, When They See Us was the highest rated show on Netflix when it came out. Mm-hmm. Would it have been the highest, the number one box office draw at the theater if it came out as a two and a half hour movie? Mm. In the middle of June? No. 
And why would that not have been? I'll be right back. Um, I don't. Because I don't think that a story like that. I think it would be doing it a disservice if it was just a two and a half hour movie. Yes. This there was a lot of there was a lot of not really complications, but there are a lot of that's a, that's a lot of trauma for two and a half hours. Yeah. And I, I, because needs, listen, I sat deep. through I sat through Detroit and I'm still pissed. Mm. Uh, and that mm. was a horror. Well, that was a horrible movie number one. Because yeah, that was not Catherine. Not Catherine no. still needs to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. I'm still pissed at her, but I'm just saying I can't sit through something like that for too long. They would have to. They would have had to um, to sort of amplify the pain and size the time down for right. to fit into the. It's fit, you know, a two and a half hour movie. And I think that would have been too much. And if they hadn't, and if they don't, you know, show you the pain, then people would say that that is a disservice because a lot of the people who experience these things, that was a traumatic experience. And so if you do not show people, then you would be doing the movie and the the experience and those four boys who had to experience that, you'd be doing them all a disservice. So no, I had to be a whole series. And I haven't seen it, but I feel like having it come out as like a little like mini series type thing, I feel like that probably does the story more justice because you can mm-hmm. kind of give a little bit more detail in areas where you yeah. normally wouldn't Flesh if, you had, if you had to be like, oh, I can only do this for like an hour and a half to maybe two hours mm-hmm. in the theater where you have mm-hmm. to do it, you know, as a mini series, you can do as many episodes as you need to do to mm-hmm. tell the story that you want to tell. Also, to piggyback off of what you and just said, for the said, same like, production costs as well. To, Everything's good right. outside. Somebody's trying to jump a car. It's not going well. So. <laughs> oh. Um. Also, to piggyback off of what you just said, Latria, like we need some time to breathe. A uh, part of a good cinematic experience is mm-hmm. the highs and the lows, and how to balance that properly as a director. You can't have me in the theater feeling tension and stress all for two and a half hours. I'm sorry. Catherine Bigelow did. Oh hell. For me. She tried. Yes, yeah, and she tried Woo! it too. Listen, and that's the reason why, like, literally after Detroit, I was like, I cannot watch any other movie like this again. Like, when I tell you it was a 45-minute torture, I have never in my life experienced something like that. 45 minutes of one freaking scene that was nothing but torture. And I was like, why was this necessary? We left the theater and went immediately to the Taco Mac right right in the same plaza because we needed shots. I almost walked out twice, and I really wish I had. Like, I had my purse ready to, like, get up out of my seat. Like, I was so, I was so pissed. I will never understand. Well, I will, because white people. How that movie got good ratings. Because as I was literally in the theater, like, this is awful. It's like, this is a movie. Nobody liked that movie. Nobody talked about it. And I, I forgot. She made war movies, and so she made yeah. it just like she was making Saving Private Ryan. Bitch, this is not the same. <laughs> it is not the same. Yeah, this, this is not the Hurt Locker. This is not this. This is not what you do. Like, listen, we understand that you know the thing about this is that if you make a war movie, you know it's all about you know about you know like the pain and everything, but you understand it and everything. Were you making a movie about black people being tortured by white people during the Detroit riots? You have to have the human element present in there. You have to have. Right. Give these characters some humanity, some 
characterization and you have to let up at some point even it's though a white person's interpretation of black pain they feel like it and it's like you can't you can't do this uh-uh. like nobody else can do these kind of movies but black people like we she should not she should not have been the one to do that movie i don't all. know if only black people but not her literally on my list forever <laughs> yeah but yeah, I can definitely see that for like some like when they see us. Because yeah. you could take a but break I, between each episode. Because imagine if you what? if you were in a theater and that whole that the whole um Corey sequence is like 45 minutes of what you know like Detroit was, and you can't leave, you can't turn it off, can't pause it and go get a drink or something like that. You know, you're just you're there. Yeah. And I feel like because it was it dealt with so many individuals, like I kind of felt like a miniseries like this, it gives credence to like their individual stories and right. what they went through versus trying to truncate all of that into one, into like one run, you know? Yep. And so here's yeah. some of the other things that Ava DuVernay said about sort of kind of like movie going and whether or not it's, um, it can survive. Um, Cause she points White people out- gonna like her. Oh no. Cause she points <laughs> out that like, um, I'm trying to urge people to realize that their privileged preferred presentation, come on, alliteration, of cinema is outdated. Well. You might want to watch a movie on 35 millimeter in a cinema that's climate controlled. It would be nice to have air conditioning in your preferred (laughs) part of town, but that's not the reality of most people's experience with film. And it is not sustainable any longer. Some people are going to be stunned and shocked that their that their preferences aren't shared and really don't matter anymore. Because she says that <laughs> pretty much. Because she says that about Straight Out of Compton, you couldn't watch Straight Out of Compton in Compton because there are no movie theaters in Compton. Huh? Shut up! I didn't know that. Yep. If you're going to talk about this idealized idea of the theatrical experience, I'm going to sit you down and talk about the realities of exhibition and distribution. God, she is so freaking smart. I, yeah, she, she says... She needs to be in all the interviews, all the roundtables. Yes, My she does. God. She goes on to say, I am a distributor. I understand what it means to take different types of films and get them into places around the country where movie theaters do exist and where there is no theater. I don't want my niece watching my work on my phone, but I'd rather her watch it than not watch it at all. Because she tells about how her niece, her, her, her nieces and her nephews watch IGTV and everything like that and watch little clips and everything. Uh, and that's what they're entertained by, like the whole YouTube thing. That's why when I hear people being so rigid and so strict about certain forms and presentations, it just reminds me of that Simpsons cartoon, Old Man Yells at Cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Because she talks about um, Moonlight. Yeah. Because when um, Bird Box came out earlier this year, Mm-hmm. Half of Twitter was like, ooh, Travante Rose, is he a star? He should have been in movies already. Why wasn't he in a movie before this? Bird Box was last year. Bird Box was January 2019, wasn't it? Or was it December Bird 2018? Was last year. Okay, it was December 2018. Oh, yeah, but like... But, and then literally, I guess, I don't know, I guess indie film Twitter, and I assume black gay Twitter, the people who, I guess, saw Moonlight. <laughs> That's it. We're like, Trevante Rose is the star of Moonlight. 
And and you and you already know the reason why more black people did not see Moonlight. Yeah, unfortunately, oh, that gay movie. Like, people y'all literally y'all screaming so like happy. it was the best picture of 2017. There was they, they, the white people trying to take the Oscar. We took no. it back no. on the stage. Not, not only was it so. picture, it was it actually caused the controversy. Yes, we wore right. Betty Red the wrong day. <laughs> So and first of all, and also, all y'all heifers drooling over him in Bird Box, y'all missed out on him in Moonlight when he had them goals in his mouth. <laughs> listen, listen, y'all better go watch that. I was like, oh my God, please, in every movie, I need you to have these goals in your mouth in every movie. Yep. She says, Moonlight is the perfect example of the mid-sized, mid-budget drama that has gone through the tra- tra- traditional theatrical system, played the best film festivals in the world, gone up the whole Academy ladder, and yet real people aren't seeing that movie. When I had Travante in my Jay-Z Beyonce video, people were like, damn, who's that? And I'm like, it's Travante from Moonlight. And they said, who? From what? Mm-hmm. So we need to be really clear. So I'm sorry. So we, we really need to make it clear to the powers that be that if it's not Avengers Endgame, there's a huge disconnect between the desire, capacity, and need of people to consume films in the theater or not consume them at all. Because the thing is this. Uh, earlier, well, when I, I edited I that... Say, I hope her wrinkling time check cleared before she... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. They pay you... that shade. They pay you something in advance when you write the movie. You don't, like, unless you're Spielberg, you, you decide, <laughs> I'll just take 10% of yeah. the gross instead. Usually... Right. They, they negotiate you with actual fee in case everything goes bad. But the thing in regular no, time, I'm just saying, like, with yeah. her, well, I'm just saying with her give, having that shade about Endgame. I just say, I'm just saying, I hope her check is already cleared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she she knows though because she'd be like Black Panther. But it's the truth. Yeah. Like, she didn't lie about anything. Yeah. Black Panther steamrolled uh, Marinkle in time. It was still number one at the box office. <laughs> and that was... And they... And that was like, they own, like, they own house. Like, yeah, it was... It, like, why I, would you do that? I think Disney did not know that Black Panther would be the sensation that it became. They I think they like, thought it would make Guardians of the Galaxy one money, which is, you know, 250 yeah. million, 300 million... Um, but because there's no comp for Black Panther making seven hundred yeah. million dollars in North they America alone. They, didn't, they underestimated us. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. <laughs> really, and they underestimated Africans because they showed out at these got doggone premieres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like every country in Africa had a premiere. Because as <laughs> as you know, as as uneven I, I, as a Rickland time is. I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, it's the flop. It's awful. It's terrible. It's yeah, the worst movie it, ever made. It's it was not like, good. No, but between if I put it on a platter with it, Dark Phoenix, and um, Men in Black International, I'm picking a regular time without hesitating. <laughs> yeah, I would too. There's at yeah, least interesting stuff in it, and I think people at least once should try and see it with the caveat yeah. of knowing that it's a children's book, basically exactly. put on a film. I think the biggest problem exactly. with it is that they took too much. Yeah, yeah. It, I think the problem with it is they took too much of the book as it was. The book is very, really, really weird, and it's not mm-hmm. properly adapted for cinema. I don't think. I think that's the main problem with the movie is that it feels like it feels like she's filming the book page by page. And you know how children's books from, from back from like the sixties and seventies are. They they're weird. Mm-hmm. So that's my main problem. I felt like with the regular time that and they. 
Uh, they hundred million dollars. She's the first black woman to direct a hundred million dollar movie. That movie needed hundred and twenty. I said it's about a lot of movies though. Like they, whenever they're like at that box office point, I mean that budget point, they end up looking like they needed to have spent more money on the CGI in particular. But that's usually me. Most people don't see that stuff. Um, but yeah, like what else? I pulled some other things out uh, that she said in this interview because, like, I mean, she just kept dropping like um, haymakers <laughs> um, because she says, "Take the number of people who saw Selma." A Christmas release with an Oscar campaign about Dr. Martin Luther King, a huge figure where we don't need to create awareness about who he is. Well, more than a quadruple amount of people saw 13th, the documentary I made about the mass incarceration and the prison industrial complex, then saw the King film that was a Best Picture nominee. If I'm telling these stories to reach a mass audience, then really nothing else matters. Because she's basically saying that, um, you know, she doesn't care that it's on Netflix. As long as, long as, long as people see it, it's the more important thing for her. Because I remember Netflix, when Selma came Netflix out. Netflix finna give her a deal. Now they're like, yeah, I, that's right. You tell them. They're somewhere clinking their wine glasses together. <laughs> right. Because I remember when Selma came out, like, that people didn't really see it. In the, I didn't see it in the theater. It was sort of kind of, it was in and out because I think that Paramount, put it out when it was supposed to, but, like, it didn't get the buzz it was supposed to because it, it was it was finished late. So they didn't, like, screen it for, like, critics and things like that. But, I yeah. I've well, never seen it. Have you, you, you haven't seen Selma? I have seen Selma or The Butler. Don't see The Butler. See Selma. Just, I got a moratorium on these black movies. I don't know. I mean, Selma at least has a what we can yeah. call a happy ending for it because it's only about that event. Mm. They don't show King's life before it or after it. Gotcha. Okay. By focusing just on the Selma um, event and each time they tried to march and the time they actually did march, it makes for a three act structure that works without. There's obviously some tragedy and pain and, and black pain in the movie, of course, obviously. Right. But it's Ava DuVernay who knows how to how to turn black people into human beings on film, right. which right. is what makes this different than something like Detroit, which tries to do the same exact thing as Selma oh. and fails miserably. Plus, mm-hmm. it's just nice to see Oprah playing somebody her actual age. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah plays the the lady. I forget her name. Who who um, first struck out the cops um, at the Selma um, uh, march? Okay. Um, but and she plays her without without all her Oprah makeup and shit on. She has gray hair and glasses, and she's sort of kind of like you know she's a sixty something year old woman, like Oprah actually is. But you know it's like like uh, like you know how we usually think of like a grandmama. <laughs> right. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I felt so bad for Oprah. She's in the opening scene trying to take a, a literacy test for to get her um, right to vote. Mm-hmm. And they ask her a trick question at the end. Like, they ask her to name um, the, I think, like, the county commissioner or whatever. And she had, then they want her to name the county commissioners for every county in the state of Alabama. Oh, goodness. Or something like that. It's, it's probably not exact, but it was some bullshit like that where she couldn't get the right to vote because they were playing games with people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So 
Now that we've discussed that, I wanted to, this is actually something I wanted to do for a long time, uh, but we can do it here. I want to talk about everybody's um, favorite and least favorite experiences at the movies. Whether it was because of the theater or because the people who came with you or people who were there and what the deal was. So what movie was it? If you can remember. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll you know, go. Need some time to, oh, okay. I was, I was about to say that, you know, some of us need some, some of us probably need some time to, <laughs> to okay. sift through our memories. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Latria. Mine is probably going to be fairly recent. Uh, I have to say my favorite was Black Panther. Okay. Just because it was fun. Where'd you see it? Well, I the first time I saw it was at a like a screening. And it was like in the middle of the day, so it was mostly press and Shaq. Um, Shaq? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like he was there. I'm going to see Black Panther. Oh, be a good movie. You mean like, so like the whole Shaq? Like Shaq Shaq? Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. <laughs> And um, it was at Atlantic Station because that's where most of the screenings were. Um, but it was just, I would say, like, the best just because of, like, everybody talking back and, like, just kind of really getting into the movie. Um, I'm trying to think if there's... I can't... I don't know if there's, like, any other, like, good... Yeah, I have to say, like, I don't know what worse would be. I mean, like, not to be the worst, but ones you remember where... Either the movie didn't look good, or the seats were bad, or anything like that. Just in general, doesn't it? Could be it can be uh, more than one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've had a bad experience like that. Oh well, <laughs> like like theater, like theater wise, I don't think I've had. Yeah, no. All right, I can't, um, I can't think of any. All right, so I'm trying to think my favorite movie theater experience of all time. Honestly, every time I go to Parkway Point, it's a great experience, usually. Like, all of those run together because they're good. We, like, we just saw Toy Story 4. That was great. Even seeing Shaft was great at um, Parkway Point. Yeah, that's a good theater. Like, they have, like, it's a good theater. They have good projectors. They have good sound. They have good everything. Like, the seats are nice. They, they lean all the way back. It's mm. really good. Like, um, I can never complain when I go there. Like, it's always great. Um... Back when I used to live in Florida, the theaters there were sort of kind of okay. We didn't have, like, this plush seating that we have now. But, like, you know, the stadium seating theaters were generally okay. But nothing special um, about those theaters because, like, I mean, they were great and everything. But, like, they were fine. Nothing really stood, jumped out to me in particular. The only one that jumped out to me was um, they had a dinner theater there. The first time I ever had that experience. I forgot what it was called. I'm trying to look it up right now. Uh, but it was the first place I ever went to where you could actually eat at the theater and real food. <laughs> and like they serve like um like these expensive plates, you know, these like 17, 18, 19 dollar plates, you know. Um Alamo Cinema Grill. Oh wow, Alamo. <laughs> Let me make sure this is the right one. I I do okay, I now just remembered my worst. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let me make sure this is the right one because I might be thinking of something that is different. I have pushed it out of my mind, but when you were talking about eating in, I was like, oh, oh God, I remember now. Because this is like they're showing, they're showing all 
regular movies. This this place where I'm talking about is where they have the um, Florida <laughs> Film Festival. And I saw a lot oh. of the movies from the Florida Film Festival there. Not Alamo, Aloma, not the Alamo Draft House, Aloma Cinema Group. I think I said Alamo. Enzian Theater is one thing. I'm thinking about the Enzian Theater. My bad. That's what it is. Jesus Christ. Oh. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So the Enzian, because they show indie movies there. Okay. Is what the deal is. Like, they don't show like regular ass movies at all. They show all independent films there and like, you know, it's like chairs. It's sort of kind of like a cross between a movie theater and a restaurant, how it's even laid out. Oh. Um, and I, I saw um, Che there, the movie about, or Che Part One about Che Guevara. I remember everybody fell asleep because it was after Wadis got into the jungle and just started hunting for um, the revolutionaries. And they started hunting back, and there I was like, we were terrible movie movie people. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, they're going to show Paris is burning and Twilight Zone, the movie. They're they're, they're showing like you know like you know, yeah indie stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the funny thing is that I've been to the has he ever has anybody else ever been to the Mall of Georgia IMAX? No, I've never been to the Mall of Georgia. Yeah, the Mall of Georgia IMAX is the where they have the quote unquote real IMAX <laughs> screen that's the size of a skyscraper. Oh. I've only seen two movies there. Uh mm-hmm. Man of Steel was the first one, which was okay. My glasses had broken that day, so I was sort of kind of watching it through one eye, which was weird. But it's the, the screen was so big it didn't matter. Um and the other movie I saw there was I saw the house with a clock in its walls. Mm. This is a movie that doesn't exist. Um starring Jack Black and Kate Blanchett from night twenties. 17, I think. Yeah. Um, and the reason I saw it there was because they were showing uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller in 3D in IMAX. And that was the only theater that was playing it. And uh, nobody wanted to see that shit because I was in that theater alone. Uh. <laughs> if you could imagine being in the big-ass IMAX theater alone. <laughs> oh wow! And I'm not. Wow. Now he says euphemism. I was the only human being in attendance in that theater. Man, it was I'd Wednesday have, at 7 p.m. I'd have kicked up my feet. <laughs> I did. Nobody was gonna stop me. Who's gonna chat me, boo? <laughs> yeah, I'd have been wilding. <laughs> like I'm the only one here. Right. Um, bad experiences at the movie theater. We discussed Adventure Cinema 12 without the air conditioning. Um, back when I lived in Florida, down the cor- down the street from my house was an old-ass movie theater that no longer exists anymore. It's been demolished. But this movie theater was so old that their pre-show um, little, like, reel was an actual reel full of slides, y'all. <laughs> slides. Still slides. And the movie was the movie only played in monaural sound. And do you know what movie I saw there? Think, why would Brandon see a movie? It, it was clearly something he had already seen before. Dreamgirls. Yes, good job, Latria. Oh. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's Obviously. always my first guess. <laughs> so I saw Dreamgirls in monaural sound at this theater. <laughs> 
goodness. I can't. And I guess I don't know out, out, out of Vict- out, out, out of Victoria Negro um standards, stay through the whole presentation because Jesus Christ, why would you, you watch Dreamgirls in mono sound? <laughs> you are so you would literally torture yourself for dream girls. Wow. Right. <laughs> but Ali, they'll never leave you. A super fan. Because I was I was determined to try to see it at, at many theaters as possible just to get a different experience every time. Because I kept wanting oh. to go back and see it, but I didn't want to go to the same theater over and over again. So I would see it at the Oviedo Mall. I would see it at the Waterford Lakes. I would see it at that nasty theater without this with the moral sound. Um and also any theater that's that old, like with the like with the Midtown Art Cinema, I have to be very specific about where I sit. Because we got them old-fashioned, like Ali. So on the island, Latria, he tells me that when they built their first theater, it had stadium seating already. So he never had to live through what we had to live through where you had that one slope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the chairs that don't move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. <laughs> like Midtown Arts. <laughs> yeah, like I mean with Midtown Art Cinema, they know and plus they're never like crowded anyway. So you can generally try to find yeah. a place to sit that works for but you God, and your height. So like you're like on top of each other. Like ain't no room. Mm-mm. So, like, you you are close to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the <laughs> movie about to start. You can't call either, right. Oh. But, yeah, because that theater, they tore it down now, the one in Florida, um, had a case of the sticky, a sticky floor that they had never, you know, cleaned properly. Wow. Which is why I like reclining seats now. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going to put my put, feet on the floor. You put your feet up, you don't have to hear, hear that... Right. <laughs> Other bad experiences at theaters. Um, let's see. Mm. Um, I do want to mention the one I re- I re- remember. Go ahead. Go ahead. While um, I think about. Have it. you ever been to the AMC Dine In in Buckhead? Oh Christ! Yes, I have. <laughs> so, uh, me, uh, like a friend of mine, like we were, we thought we had got tickets for a different theater, but it ended up being that one. So I went, and I was like, "Are we about to sit in office chairs? Like, what the heck? Like." <laughs> literally office chairs and yes. i was like like and then we were at like this little like round table because i was thinking in my head that it was going to be like cinebistro but it was not no and i was like so i'm gonna swivel turn around in this like round table in this office chair i'm like i can't even lean back i can't put my feet up like it was so uncomfortable and i was so pissed and i was like i will never come here again like whoever thought that that was smart just was not thinking. Yeah, I, I, that movie theater used to be. I'm a, like, all eat-in theaters should be like Studio Movie Grill Marietta. Like that is the template that everybody needs to have. Yeah, it is actually. So, I have so been there. I saw wait. a Kevin Hart um, stand-up oh. special there. I can't is remember Studio what else. the gold standard, by the way. What happened? Say what now? Is Studio Movie Grill like the gold? Is that like a good? I, I don't. I've never First of ever. All, that's better than like any movie other movie Studio Movie Grill. Like yeah, Marietta is the best. The best one they put together. The one in what is it? Duluth, I think. Yeah, Duluth is the other one. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not. Duluth it's is not as good, and also oh. not as good as there's one in what did you call that place? It's not Norcross. It's like across the water from Norcross. It's not Roswell. It's not Norcross. Peach in between Corners. Peach Tree Corners. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, there's one there. I saw us there. It was, I mean, that one's yeah. it's fine. It's just that 
if you see a movie there, you better pray to God it's in the biggest auditorium. <laughs> because otherwise, it's like, it's like watching it at home. That's how small the screen yeah. is. I think the one in Marietta is like maybe some like new revamp. Maybe they'll like redo the other ones and make it like that one. But I'm just like, yeah. that... I that hope so. Because I saw Black Panther there one of the times that I saw it. And it was amazing. Too. There, I like, saw... Well, Ken and I saw Justice League there, but... <laughs> thank God for those drinks. <laughs> 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 that food <laughs> made it tolerable. Oh, yeah. But, yeah oh, I saw Black Panther there, too. That was, yeah. yeah. So, this starts my rant about Regal Cinemas in general. I, I, I saw, at the AMC dine-in, the only problem I really had with that Kevin Hart, because it was a Kevin Hart movie. Um, mm-hmm. The only problem I had was that the food was so freaking expensive. It was like $15 for like a regular $9 plate of chicken fingers. Yes, and, just... and you got to sit in a freaking office chair. Yeah. To watch the movie. I don't know what that's about. I know that theater used to be, it's been there for 50 years. It, not it as a dine-in, but like it used to be a regular slope floor, old-fashioned, and they ripped everything out and put in office okay. chairs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what's up with Regal Cinemas, but like every Regal Cinema I go to, the projection quality is subpar. Compared to the AMCs, the AMCs always look nicer. I don't know what that's about. I don't know who their vendor is. Because there's a Regal Cinema not far from my apartment. And I don't go there as often as I you would think I would. Because I had to be like, do I really want to deal with this today? Listen, Brandon, <laughs> ever since you had me meet you at that AMC, I have not been to back to the Regal that I used to go to all the time. Because my life has changed. I was like... <laughs> I was such a regal person for so long because I always went to the one in um, Gwinnett, like off, uh, I forgot what road that is. <laughs> I think Hayes, I can't remember what road, or like Atlantic Station. So I hadn't been to AMC in like a very long time. I went to that one and I was like, what? Because the outside looks like 1985. So I just yep. never, I never went in because I was like, I'm not even going to waste my time getting out the car. But they fooled me. Yup, they got the better snacks. They got the better seats. And they seats. have reclining seats. Like, that re- That Regal does not have reclining seats. And I was like, well, I will pay an extra $3 to be able to kick my feet up. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> Ollie, when, when Ollie went to see Toy Story 4, as soon as that Disney logo came on, he started pushing that button. <laughs> right. <laughs> listen. Listen. I, my legs did not touch the ground, okay? <laughs> In the entirety of that movie, and and I'm I totally agree with you, Latria, because yeah, once you start going to once you start going to AMC theaters and Won't you, you spoil me, oh yeah, I mean it was a whole, I mean the whole the whole experience is just it, it's a kiss the hem and be made new. <laughs> and, and also they have like they have Dolby, like you can pick like sometimes to go for like the Dolby sound. Yes, it's, Dolby I, Cinema. I got to talk about I, that shit. Uh, John Wick three in Dolby Cinema. When I tell you, I think I was <laughs> I was deaf when I came out of there. I, I had bruises. Make sure like, like, you did that to yourself. Every punch, every shot. It was it was so loud. My seat vibrated. Like I was Latria. like, Latria, that that movie had guns in it. <laughs> listen, listen, I wanted to be like, can y'all turn the volume down just a bit? <laughs> You know, like this is great, but wow, I still would listen. Be able to when listen, I got- if you would have gone there, they'd be like, "Ma'am, it's already at the lowest setting." <laughs> oh, I had never. Ex- I came on that movie and I was like, "Okay, 
like when I came out, I was like, I am definitely seeing Hobbs and Shaw in Dolby. Like I, that's the only way I can see it. I have to see it in, with the Dolby sound because John Wick Three was loud as hell. It, but it was so good. Like you, you just heard everything. Agreed. Every punch. Every gunshot. Every every German Shepherd bite. I wish they would put Black Panther back in the movie so I could go see it. In Dolby. <laughs> I got to figure out what I want to see next in Dolby Cinema. The only thing I've seen in it is Shazam, and that was too much for me. You need to see John Wick. <laughs> it was way too much. It was like I could see the actors <laughs> thinking up their lines. Mm-hmm. That's how sharp the screen is. You could literally see them children try to remember their lines. I, think, I mean, it's made for action movies. It's yeah. Made, action movies are the best in Dolby. But yeah, it's like it's like 4K projection and like laser with lasers and a massive Adobe Atmos surround sound thing. Like I really, I really hope we do get that 4D or whatever it is here, where like you, where they spray you with seat, the water. Yeah, your seat really like feels <laughs> like you're on a roller coaster or something. I want that, but you know, 4DX, I, I, yeah. But people had like I guess people with epilepsy were having issues. And, and oh like, yeah, yeah, like um, yeah, they motion tell sickness you. and all of that. Yeah, they I don't they 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 ask people like and when you buy the tickets online. Well, just take your little Benadryl before you go. No, no, no. Come on now, come on now. We can't we can't advocate that. (laughs) It's over the counter. It's over. No, but Benadryl does not fully prevent (laughs) epileptic seizures. Oh well, no, not for that. I'm just saying it's like for like (laughs) not for like. If y'all go take your drama meme before you come to this place. <laughs> Let's see. Other bad experiences. So, listen. Um, I mean, this isn't a bad experience. It's just it comes with the territory. Have you ever been to the Plaza Theater? Well, no, where's that? The Plaza where's Theater is on Ponce de Leon Avenue in, down, in Midtown Atlanta. It's been there since 1939. No, I have not. Uh, it they show you know mostly indie stuff, and as soon as they have special presentations and things, um, you go there for the experience of seeing a movie you can't see anywhere else in the city. You don't go there to see a movie that you've already seen or a movie that you like a action movie or anything like that. If they're even if they're playing it, so because I went to the Plaza Theater and I saw Dream Girls. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, the, how many? We're gonna talk about how many times you saw this movie in the theaters. Uh, no, we know not. Eight, eight, <laughs> okay. seven times in Florida, and the eighth time here when they did the tenth anniversary at the Plaza Theater. Because okay. um, the Plaza Theater has not upgraded their sound system since probably like nineteen eighty something, so it's in two oh, point. Gosh. It's in two point stereo. Oh gosh. One horn here, one horn there. Um. And so if you see a movie like Dreamgirls, which is a musical with music and shit, it's probably not ideal. But the Plaza Theater is there for historical reasons. You know, it's been there since 1939. It's the oldest operating theater, I think, in the state of Georgia. And it's better to go see indie films and things like that there where the, I guess, the texture of the movie blends in better with what you're, where you're seeing it. Versus seeing something like Dreamgirls there, even though nobody else is going to show it. They're showing it for a special you know, anniversary performance where they had a drag queen come out and perform to Love You, I Do before the picture started. Uh, but yeah, I saw, I saw, since we're doing this, I saw Dreaming Girls in the theater eight times. I saw Shazam, Christ, 
I think it's 11. My, no, it's 12. It's 12, because after... It was going to be 11. I was going to leave it alone. Then I saw a Dark Wait, Phoenix. Wait, the Shazam that just came out? Yeah. You saw 11 in the... 12. Whoa. So I saw... <laughs> Uh, Black Panther four times. I thought I was doing. I something. saw Black Panther four times as well. I saw Hairspray four times. Twelve times. Warner Brother need to cut you a check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> cut you a check. <laughs> anything else I've seen multiple times that high up. Anything else I usually have only seen twice at best. I think I'm. I think I saw things like a man three times in the theater. I think. Really. Yeah, it was. It's at least two. It might have been three. That's not something I would think that you would see multiple times. Latria, it stars Michael Ealy. Oh. <laughs> That's all you had to say. Come on, I'm, okay. I'm 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 jumping off this light skin truck. <laughs> uh, what? Anything else that I've seen multiple times like that um, in the theater? Trying to think. I think those are the only things. Um, and I do go to like repertory screenings, which they always have met weird places in the city. They're usually always regals and usually always weird places. Um, I saw North by Northwest in the theater when they, when they re-ran it for its, had to have been 50th anniversary. 50 for six, might have been, it had to be in, 55th, because it was in like 2014-15. It was 55th anniversary. I saw Psycho in the same theater. They but they played both of those at the part at the perimeter point, Regal, up mm. in um Dunwoody. Yeah. At weird times during the day. But this was when I was working early morning, so my afternoons were free, so I could go in the afternoon. Mm. Um I saw Purple Rain. When Purple Rain after Prince passed, they put Purple Rain back in the theaters. Warner Brothers did. I saw that, me and a friend, uh, at um, Regal 24, by ourselves. Ugh. Nobody, well, Regal 24 is kind of weird. I was to say, no, like, it's like a, in a weird area. Yeah, Kim was talking about that, how I didn't think it was, but apparently it is. People don't really go there. It's a gigantic it's, cavernous theater with 24 screens and nobody goes. It's like it's, that access road. If you don't know where, if you don't know it's there. Exactly. The access road is terrible because yeah. it's, the the instructions that the, the I feel the, like you got to make a U turn to get to it. It's like you do. Yes, it's not, <laughs> it's not worth the hassle. To Latria, that is the most there. silliest thing I've ever experienced. I was like, listen to my GPS, like what? <laughs> I can't just turn right. Like what? I was about to go home. I got pissed. I was like, like it's I on the wrong side of the highway. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's on the wrong side of the highway. Like I have to right. take twenty five south. <laughs> make a U-turn. <laughs> so what happened, what ha- happened was, so I, a lot of these theaters, because I'm very nosy about this type of stuff. I love researching movie theaters and how they came to be and all that kind of stuff. That theater is there because that land used to be a drive-in theater. When the drive-in mm-hmm. closed in 97, Regal bought the land, destroyed, mm. demolished the drive-in and built the theater there. Okay. But I think they the drive in, of course, predated the interstate. So, <laughs> right, because the only drive in that's left in the city is um, the Starlight, yeah, which is an interesting place to see a movie. <laughs> that's probably my worst experience is going to the Starlight to see movies. If you go to Starlight to hang out and bullshit and 
chill with your friends and be cool and be 20-something. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's wonderful. Best place to do it. If you're going to see an actual motion picture, no, stop. Very bad. Don't do it. The only right. benefit is that you pay $9 to get in. You can see anything the fuck you want to until they turn the lights off at 3 at three a.m. Mm. You can skip from one movie to the other. You can just drive your little car around. You can walk from one movie to the other. <laughs> Um, but you got but you got to hear the sound over that raggedy radio projector they have. You got to tune your your um, things to like one hundred two point one, wherever they tell you to tune it to, and it comes in all warbly. Like I saw a True Grit the remake in twenty eleven, twenty eleven, January twenty eleven at the mm-hmm. Starlight, and um, you know it opens up with the white woman singing um, "Leaning on the Everlasting Arms," and oh, across that receiver they have the Starlight. It sounded like. She sounded like Goofy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can sit through that for like about two hours. Mm -mm. Because like back when I first moved here and everybody was young, we used to go to the Starlight a bunch. I saw the rights there. The right is that Anthony Hopkins movie where he's playing an exorcist priest and he gets possessed by the demon himself. Oh, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first um, of the modern New Line Cinema movies I saw there. Like, because, you know, uh, Warner Brothers bought New Line Cinema after they made that Golden Compass and I lost all the money. So now the movie's opened up with the Warner Brothers logo and it breaks apart and the little pieces of the, of the WB Shield transform into the little film strips from New Line Cinema. And it's like, gotcha, bitch. We own you now. <laughs> 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 Which is one benefit for both Shaft and Shazam. They have custom logos. So the Warner Brothers and New Line logos are separate. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that's some nerdy shit to be worried about in a movie, but I was just pleased I had to see that, that breaking apart, flying across the screen and pumping back together again is a different logo. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed New Line Cinema when it was his own thing when they made Hairspray and Freddy Krueger and Friday. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the dirtiest rent. You'll hear more of them. Trust me. But um, what was I talking about? Starlight. Saw the right. Uh, Get Him to the Greek, which is an awful movie that I did not finish. Mm. Have y'all seen that? No, because it looks stupid. That's the movie where Puffy telling Jonah Hill to um, get um, Russell Brand to the um, the Greek. Yeah. Um, I was not a fan of Russell Brand. Yeah. I was not interested yeah. at all. Not at all, sir. Yeah. I was like, is, is this Puffy? Let me get out of this car. <laughs> also, the uh, at the time, I don't know if they renovated since then, but the concession stand and bathrooms at the, at the Starlight. <laughs> 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 don't touch anything. Don't scrape anything. You will get. Well, let me. Let me not. Let me. Let me not get sued by them. Because like, bring, it, it, it looks nasty. Let's just say that. <laughs> so I want to say you bring your own hand sanitizer and holy water. Right. Yes. I mean, you can. So drive it. You can bring everything you want to. You can bring your food. You can bring your dinosaur pet. 
And you're going to bring your head up at the top of the car and you put your, your children on top so they can see the movie. <laughs> you are really going to make a, a Flintstones reference. <laughs> because, Ollie, the opening crash of the Flintstones is them going to the drive-in. <laughs> and when I first saw my first, I grew up with that show and I was like, who the fuck would see a movie like this? You <laughs> would. <laughs> Then when I actually stop for myself, I was like, this is like, this is like the Flintstones. It is bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody's going to write in, like, drive, drive-ins are an important part of cinema history. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you desecrate them? Listen, everything ain't for everybody. <laughs> and I fully get that. It's just that the drive-in I went to, the Starlight is, listen, they're cool and everything. They do their thing. They have a flea market during the daytime and everything like that. I just... To see a movie that you want to see as a movie, it's not the most ideal thing. That's all. Right. It's more so like go for the ambiance. Yes. <laughs> go with your friends and, you know, yeah. Go with your boots. Y'all can make out the whole time. Mm-hmm. You, can have, you can have all the sex you want to in the, in the damn. I'm sure people now, I, you say, I, I just no. said make out. I didn't say all that. No. She did all that. I said make out as in like kids. I bet you, exactly. Mo- I bet you, Moonlight was very popular in this city. You know what? Okay, so next, okay, okay, Ali, Ali, what's your, um, Ali, what's your best this, experience? This podcast is sponsored by TBN <laughs> and, and by Durex. <laughs> That's quite an interesting ad buy together. Check. <laughs> I've been trying to get this this podcast sponsored by EWTN for months. <laughs> and now a word from Pat Roberts. <laughs> and now a word from your sponsors, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. By Kimberly. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ali, you do go ahead. <laughs> They're going to wow. be like, y'all going to hell. Hey. <laughs> okay. So my favorite um, movie going experience was um, when Jurassic Park opened um, in oh. theaters many, many years ago. This was the first movie, uh, ex- movie theater experience I've ever had. And I went with my mom and it is the only movie going experience I've ever been to with my mother. <laughs> my mother does not like movie theaters. <laughs> Ooh, mama, it's not a fan. Ooh, too loud. She's not a fan. She's not a fan. That's the point. Because <laughs> when my, my mom is like the mom from um from Dex's laboratory. You know um Dex's <laughs> laboratory mom she always has on those yellow gloves. Yeah. And she can stand to see uncleanliness. <laughs> so my mom is on the lookout when she's out on out and about in public and she she will not appreciate stuff like that Good. so anywho um but yeah i went to see jurassic park with her and it was a very interesting experience because it was also the first time i had seen cgi on the big screen right and remember the big one of the big draws of jurassic park was not only the fact that john williams was you know was doing the score, but it was the fact that Steven Spielberg directed it too. Steven Spielberg, you know, was directing that obviously. But the other thing that really shocked me because I was a kid, I think, is the CGI. Like 
you can the dinosaurs. It was yeah. a combination of 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 um, practical um, stunt work and CGI, and it was just beautiful. Like I was just I was just awed by it completely. Everything was just amazing, and it made it really. And you know, as a kid, you know, um, I love dinosaur um, coloring books and whatnot, and mm-hmm. seeing this, it was just like. And wow. for, for context, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but this, this is the first movie theater built on the island of Dominica that you're talking about. Here. Yeah. So this is, yeah. So, well, actually, I don't think it's the first. I think it's just, this was the first, like, big, like, it was before when people would see movie, movies, um, it was just so very small. Like a, right, like, like, a like more of a neighborhood that, theater size. Like, so right. a lot yeah, of people like listening a, to this are not old enough to remember and me and Latria are barely old enough to remember but there used to be theaters small theaters in neighborhoods that would only had one screen and would only show one movie at a time or maybe they'll show one in the morning and one at night you know like now of course everything's a multiplex more or less but it used to be like like the plaza was the neighborhood theater for the Ponce de Leon neighborhood before it became more of an industrialized um, place like a uh, more of like retail and everything like that. So theaters that size, that small. Most of those are gone now. A lot of them have turned into stores. A lot of them have been torn down. One of them that's in um, um, the Smyrna area is a church, a little tiny church because it's freestanding. Um, but yeah, how many screens did this theater have? Only one? Just had one screen. Okay. But it was stadium seating though, you said. Yeah, you. There were stairs. <laughs> there were stairs, and so the the seats were in like a what do you call it? They, 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 they had layers. Yeah, state, uh, stadium seating, like 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 in yeah. like a sports stadium is why they call it that. Right. So, um, so yeah, um, my worst movie going experience, um, um, was probably it was. Uh, what what's that movie called? Uh, it was Crank, Crank Two, oh. with um, Jason Statham, mm-hmm. where he played Crank that two. guy who's his. So he doesn't. So they, uh, basically, the premise is is that um, Jason Statham, um, some bully, some not bully, but like um, crime boss, whatever. Um, he got in trouble with some crime guys, and they basically they did they did an operation on Jason Statham, so that every so often during the movie he has to take a break to literally jumpstart his heart. Okay, he, I see the poster now. Crank high yeah, voltage. He's got a um, a jumper cable in his mouth. He was dead, but he yeah. got better. <clears throat> Yeah, if he doesn't, if he doesn't jumpstart his heart, or if he, or if he isn't like, if his blood pressure isn't like at a certain like rate, like a really high rate, it's going to his 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 heart's gonna give out and he's just done, right? It was the worst movie I have seen in a really long time, and I was, and it, it became the a really worst movie going experience for me personally. Because I remember that at the same time that movie came out, there was a Fast and Furious movie that also came out, and it was superior. It was su- it was much better. And this was the time when the Fast and Furious movies started to get like actually they started to lean 
hard on the fact that, yeah, we know it, we know it's just dumb cars going fast. So we're going to lean hard into it. And that's when I remember the Fast and Furious movie started getting better because it wasn't stop taking it too seriously, stop taking the plot too seriously and just, just have fun. Mm-hmm. And I was mad because my friends all wanted to see Crank because everyone, they, they, they liked Jason Statham and they didn't care about plot. They just wanted to see Jason Statham, Statham it up. Remember them days uh, when people would be like, that's because of the movies. What are we going to see? I don't know. We'll decide when we get there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord yeah. Jesus. The ghetto. I was, I was upset. <laughs> so I remember walking out of that movie halfway through and I walked the hell into, into Fast and Furious and I was able to see the last 20 minutes of the movie. Now, here's a question for you. How long was ago was this? This was 2009, uh, right? So it was 10 years ago? I remember those double feature days. Statute of limitations, Ali. Did you pay for your ticket to Fast and the Furious? <laughs> no, no. You listen here, Brandon. What you not? <laughs> you're not gonna do this. You're not gonna, gonna do this. Say to he me. walked into the <laughs> on this on this public ass podcast. <laughs> do you remember the episode of uh, Tiny Tune Adventures where they were theater hopping literally from one auditorium to the other at the movie theater? <laughs> I don't know if I remember that, but you. Facts. Uh, I remember doing that one day. It was like some years ago. It was like a Saturday. I went and saw one movie and I was like, I think I'm going to do it. But of course, like my scary stuff, I was like making shit. Because the first movie I had gone was like, I think maybe like one of the early showings. It was like literally nobody was there. And so I was like, I think I'm going to do it. I'm just going to walk on over there and see such and such. And I did. And like the whole time I just kept waiting for like security to come yank me up. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> I was like, I think I can do this again. <laughs> do you ever see them like, you know, when you go to a movie that you've paid for, they come in, they sit there, you smile on a clipboard going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that's it. I was be no. looking like, remember, I did pay for this picture, didn't I? Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so... One time I did theater hot, me and my friend Jose, one of my best friends from Florida, his sister had free tickets for whatever reason to see Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Oh, God. So we saw that in the theater. Is that like live? Yeah, it's live action. Live Freddie action? Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Geller, okay. Linda Cardinelli, okay. Matthew Lillard, CGI Scooby-Doo. Okay. Not a good yeah. movie. Never, never, my, you will never catch me. I didn't even know there was a second live action. Most people don't. That's probably why. So we saw that for free. And afterwards, we were like, what are we going to do? Let's just go see another movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we snuck in to see Johnson Family Vacations, starring Cedric the Entertainer, Solange Knowles, Lil Bow Wow, and Vanessa Williams. Wow. Mm. That movie, also not good. But at least you didn't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember though there was a scene where they went to a burger place because they're on you know a road trip and there's these big ass stunt hamburgers that look fake as shit, like big paper mache hamburgers. This would be funny, I guess. And then there's a scene where, for whatever reason, Cedric the Entertainer was naked running through the um the hotel lobby. By accident, he had forgot his swim trunks or whatever. He ran past some white folks and he told about three or four horse dick jokes in a row. Oh, wow. PG rated versions, of course, but they were like, I'm so sorry. I um you I I um 
No, no, um, you're not seeing things. Nobody brought a horse into the into the lobby. I'm so sorry. Wow. You know, like that. Wow. Not a good movie. Wow. Um, <laughs> Free me, God. Free me. I forgot what movie it was, but Ken, because you know Ken loves an experience. I know he's not here to defend himself, but he loves an experience. We went to go oh, some yeah. see some movie at Movies ATL, which is now an AMC uh, in Camp Creek. It's AMC Camp Creek now. Camp Creek? Where's that? Where's um, Camp Creek? Camp Creek is the part of Atlanta it's where you don't go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I actually saw I actually saw Fruitvale Station there. Wow. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of a lot of crying up there. <laughs> I'm about to say the people get mad. Um, I forgot what movie. I never remember what movie we saw. I think it was The Hangover. It, if we did, it might have been The Hangover because you know how kids let's talk about how I hated The Hangover on the show, which is very true. He's not lying when he says that. Uh, but I all the way on that side of town, though. But yeah, for the experience. But movies ATL was the nastiest theater I had been into until I saw the Starlight. Um, it was popcorn was everywhere. Nobody. Yes. It was like they hadn't invented a broom. It was like yes. they had never seen Cinderella or Fantasia. They didn't know what a broom nope. was. Flow just full true. of popcorn. You 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 could probably if you were a um um a, um an ant or if you were an ant man you could just hop from popcorn to popcorn and get from one theater to the other. <laughs> you are not lying. Very true. It is very dirty. <laughs> Though it may seem impossible, that's the gospel truth. And that is, and that is why I will not be back. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, most of the movies I see that I don't like, at least I enjoy the experience of being there sometimes. Like when I saw Men in Black International, I saw that Center Bistro. I just hated that I paid so much money to see it. But I mean, there's nothing yeah. wrong with the presentation, really. Although I will say my, my chair I was supposed to sit in, I did not sit in, for whatever reason, was scratched up. Mm. And I'm like, this is Center Bistro. These tickets are $18. Somebody right. better come in here and upholster this shit tomorrow. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I saw, I saw the first Fifty Shades. Not a good experience. You saw Fifty Shades of Grey at Cine Bistro? Yeah, thank God for the food and drinks because that movie sucked. <laughs> but it was funny to see all the older women that like, all of a sudden they're like, y'all freaks. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it was like me and my group of friends, we were literally the youngest people. Everybody else was like about 50 and older. <laughs> Good girlfriends. I was like, y'all some nasty. <laughs> they that when they legs crossed them up. Mm. Ah, drinking they wine. <laughs> what do y'all want? What do y'all want? <laughs> y'all sitting up there judging me. Yeah. Look, while I'm in there watching it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew, listen. At least you weren't in there like just, were they looking around nervous? I, I assume because these are old. Are these oh, ladies? Oh, them headphones was into it. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> that movie did amazingly well at the box office. They made a whole bunch because of money. The white women uh, yeah. like, it's horrible. I remember. The writing of the books were horrible. So the movies turned out bad. The right. last movie was the only one that was like actually good. Right. And compared to the other ones, it still wasn't like a good movie, but good compared to the first two. When I was, when I was a little boy, but when I was a little boy, um, I loved going to the movies. Um, when I was a kid, of course, this was back when we still had the Disney reissues. Um, we still had the, um, 
You know, like the I saw the Fox and the Hound at the movie theater. Uh, I saw Cinderella at the movie theater. These are these old movie theaters that were. Yep. This is all movie theaters back in South Augusta that have all closed down because white folks. Um, <laughs> you know, at the mall or at like the, um, the one that was behind the shopping center, all these places that don't exist anymore. And, you know, you sit in a little non-folding chair on the sticky floor and just, you know, but the movie will be so good and so loud and such a better presentation that you get at home that you would sit there and you, and that I know I would enjoy it. When I was in the second grade, third grade, they built another movie theater around the corner from our mall. And that's where we went for a very long time. We saw um, things like Beauty and the Beast and um, Adam's Family and all that there. And then they built it. That was that movie theater had eight screens. And then that was a that was a general cinema. <clears throat> it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and then the Regal built a theater that was um, closer to the <laughs> white side of town <laughs> mm-hmm. that had twelve screens. We saw The Lion King and Pocahontas there, and Hercules mm-hmm. and all like that. I don't think I, I'm trying to remember, but I don't think I saw any of the Disney classics in theaters. I think I saw all of them on VHS. Although I'm trying to think, I don't know if I maybe I saw Lion King in the theater, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of them in theaters. Only ones I didn't see in the theater that were released during my childhood. I didn't see the Great Mouse Detective in the theater. I didn't see that for a very long time. So I think like DVD or no VHS in school. I saw that Aladdin. I didn't see until VHS over my sister's friend's house. Then I then I begged mom to get our own, and we got our own. Uh, I did not see Hunchback of Notre Dame in the theater. <laughs> I didn't see that until they showed it on the Disney Channel. Hmm. Yeah, my cousins like they have like every Disney movie on VHS. So I just feel like I saw all of them at their house. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. And then a, they eventually built a, a 20 screen theater, which is now 21 with the IMAX. That one's over on the complete white side of town. And all the other theaters are basically um, shut down, either shut down or gone to playing um, discount um, dollar theater prices. And then there's one more they built apparently on the river, on the Savannah River, which, why? Um, but I haven't been over there, so I can't judge it too much. Um, <laughs> I did drive by there when last time I was in Augusta just to see what in the blue fuck is over here. <laughs> so I saw it on the map. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> so I just drove. I didn't see a th- movie. I just, I just drove around and examined it. Like, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other movie going. When I was a little kid, there used to be a theater by my house called. Um, well, I won't give the name. I don't want y'all to know. Where I would live. Um, but it was weird because it doesn't exist anymore, but like it looks so plain from the outside. But on the inside, they had this like these glass panel hallways, like like a like an arch of glass over you, like glass on the sides, and like these orange lights that would lead you to the theater. Mm-hmm. Um into the lobby and then to the each of the theaters. They only had six screens. Um and that's where we would see a lot of movies as well. And we would go to see the summer, the summer movie, uh, the summer movie um club, or whatever they call it, summer vacation club, whatever they, they call it, whatever they brand it as, when they go to see all the kitty movies once a week for like a oh. dollar or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. I saw, um, I talked about it on the show before because I remember talking about how how many times I saw Hey There is Yogi Bear and I'm um, Here Come the Littles. <laughs> when I was a kid, because they were oh just. Oh my God, the Littles. <laughs> yes, the Littles. They would wow. show them nonstop. <laughs> oh my gosh, you took it back. <laughs> I forgot all about the Littles. Um, and Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer and Heat. do that again. Should I go? Yeah, He oh, Man and She Ra. <laughs> and the secret of the sword. They do do it, but they, you know, they're showing Madagascar and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Lorax. They do do it. It's just the movies they oh. show ain't nothing we want to see. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So I saw they were doing it. I was like, that's good for the kids. When they show these children, I was like, list, like, oh, they, they, they're not paying for like the good ones. <laughs> they're not doing it. <laughs> but you know, you go, you get your free popcorn and your free soda. That comes oh. along with like the ticket, the group ticket price that you know your daycare or your um, summer camp is already paid for. You go, you know, you have just a little ball at the movie theater. <laughs> I just, anyway, like, I hope movie theaters do stay around because I love movie theaters, as y'all can tell from t- me talking about the shit and a little bit of tear in my eye talking about um, experiences. I don't think they'll go away. I think, I think I've, I don't know if I said this on the show, but I know I told y'all, I feel like what will happen is that movie theaters will start to specialize in these big event films. The bigger ones will eventually, I think, start to tear... the. They'll either come down or they'll find other things to play besides movies. Like, you know how they do phantom events where they show live um, theater performances, things like that. They'll do more of that because there will be less movies to show. Uh, I mean, Disney bought a whole nother studio and that made 20 movies a year and they're reducing their output to like four or five. There will be less movies to put in a theater. They'll just have more screen times for bigger ones. Um, I did joke on Facebook that they're going to eventually just, this is just going to kind of going to subsume the whole industry and rename all the movie theaters Walt Disney Cinemas, Um, which I don't hope doesn't happen, but you never know. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to go that way just because people, you can't force people to go see Booksmart in the theater or The Long Shot in the theater or Late Night in the theater just because it's there. I think people's minds have been made up at this point. I think this is just the road that we're going down. They'll go see Endgame in the theater because it's a big event film. It's been turned, I think that's the other part of it. If you have a movie that's in the movie theater, you have to spend big money to promote it as an event that you must see have to see if you don't see it or you'll be left out of the conversation. Because Aladdin is a movie that is not good. The tree, I know you liked it. I know. I liked it. I know. I know. <laughs> but it, it's a movie where the two the two top built stars in the movie can't sing. And it's a musical. I know you ain't talking about Naomi. No, Naomi Scott's oh. built third. <laughs> Uh, she can definitely sing um, But it's made $250 million In North America alone And much more overseas Because they made it into an event Will Smith Is a big help in that But just in general It's a movie everybody knew from their childhood People who haven't seen it in a long time Feel nostalgic about it You know, and everything The marketing They spent out the ads on the marketing You couldn't avoid Seeing ads for it, you knew it was coming. You know, it's none of this because Kareem was in a group complaining about 
he doesn't see ads for the movies he wants to see in the theater. So he never knows they're out. And I'm like, the thing is this, you got to start liking some of these companies, these Lionsgates and these A24 companies because yeah. they're doing... I, I have been seeing Last Black Man in San Francisco for a while. Yeah. Like, so I, think, I, I, knew, I knew about, you know, that that existed for a while before it came out. So I think it's... It's, yeah, it's definitely targeted marketing, and it's probably like who you follow. So it's probably mm-hmm. like the people I follow on Instagram would be the ones that would be talking about it anyway. Right. So that's probably why I kept seeing, you know, the ads and, and you know, people talking about it. So. And plus, you've you've written about movies. You've gone to see a bunch of these movies and everything. Right. So right. they, you know, Facebook is the is the devil. So they already know this about you. So they build a profile that says this is a person we can market this ad to. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I see the same things. And, yeah. like, they're doing that now instead of give, doing spending massive amounts of money to target just general people. Because right. they're, pe- people are so fragmented now as, as an audience that it's hard to figure out where to put an ad unless it's during a, the NBA Finals or, or the Super Bowl. That's right. basically, or the World Series. That's one of the three places you can put an ad and generally expect that everybody more or less will see it. Mm-hmm. So smaller movies are doing more of that now as opposed to like more widespread campaigns. They're targeting people through the ads like that. They're putting people on certain talk shows and everything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're having people reach out through their own like social media. That's why Kevin Hart started charging more when they want him to do social media posts because he knows yeah. that they're hiring him in this movie not just because they want him as an actor. They know that he will they go want on his to promote it. Yeah, yeah, he'll go on his Twitter and talk about it. And people he has millions of followers who actively participate in his posts, and they will go mm-hmm. to the theater because he says go to the theater. Same thing with Dwayne Johnson. Right. Yeah. He they about don't even need promotion. For right. any of his movies. Because he'll be like, hey, guys, I have a movie coming out. I'm in it. Go see it. And they will go. Mm-hmm. Which is why I found it very odd that he waited to post about Shazam until after it came out in the theater. <laughs> I know you're not in it, but your name is on it, sir. And it was only to post about, what was it, like an award or like how much money they got? How much something? money they got. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was like our movie. And I was like, wait. Uh, yeah, our movie? <laughs> to message you and be like, when did he, when did, what does he have to do with this? Like, He I was, was so supposed confused. to be in it because. I had to Google it because yeah. I was like, ah, sir. Yeah, he was supposed to play Black <laughs> Adam, who's, the, who's, who's like the evil Shazam, but he was concerned that the script did not have enough of him in it. Oh my. So he wanted his own movie. Him, him and or his people wanted their own movie so that they could spend enough time on Dwayne. And so he had Dwayne oh, time. Oh, so that's why he's doing Black Adam. By itself, yes. Because Black Adam was supposed to be like a small part in Shazam. He's, yeah, just the, the bad guy. Just the bad guy. As you know, like, and so they wrote him out. Um, uh-huh. He appears in the movie as a hologram. It's not really him. <laughs> uh-huh. and, but he still has EP credits on it, executive producer credits. Him and um, Danny Garcia and Hiram Garcia, his um, production partners. Yeah. So he still gets... More money from the movie than Zachary Levi. Wow. Does. He's not in it. <laughs> Which is why I mean, it was I, funny. I he's not a smart businessman, though. He's a like, very smart businessman. A small part into a whole standalone movie. Like, yep, not a lot of people can have that kind of power. 
That's why that's why his um it was funny because last week at the MTV Movie and TV Awards, they gave him like the entertainer of the in decade or whatever it was award. And hosting the MTV Movie and TV Awards, Zachary Levi. Oh. They, to the best of my knowledge, had never met. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they met that day. <laughs> I wonder if you got to talk. It's like, so, hi. <laughs> hi, I'm Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne. I'm, I'm Zach. <laughs> We're supposed to play opposites and punch each other in a movie. Yeah, we were, weren't we? <laughs> Instead, I punched Mark Strong with his English ass. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah. So anything else about movie theaters and about the whole thing and experience and it going away and us being scared? Um, no. Okay, Ali? Yes. Anything else? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Um, like I said, my we've I my concern wasn't so much that we already knew this was happening. My concern is, you know, what can we do? And it sounds like, according to you, nothing. We you know, people can't do anything. It's gonna happen. It, it's it's like when I'm trying to think of the best example. When like when cars stop putting CD players into cars and now everything is like Bluetooth or USB. That's a good point. <laughs> that one. Uh, when the theater became less of a common, like, entertainment because we had the radio, then we had movies, and then we had television. Mm-hmm. It'll be like that. When the radio stopped being, like, the end-all, be-all for home entertainment, when TV came along, it'll be like that. It'll, it'll just be a transition. Movies will still be made. They'll just be made for Netflix and for Hulu and for Amazon and for everybody's individualized streaming service that's coming next year. Could you ever have imagined that we would get to this point? Mm, not Like, it's just, a, like, I remember when Netflix first started and it was like, oh, cool. And I was like, man, this is, they're going to put Blockbuster out of business. I was so mad. I love Blockbusters. I was like, I love going to Blockbusters on a Friday, getting some popcorn and my Raisinets and getting me like a movie <laughs> and refusing to rewind because I'm like, y'all not going to tell me what <laughs> No, I'm not going to be kind. <laughs> my, my dad had an automatic rewinder, so we would just put it in there and just, brrr, it'd be done. Yeah. Um, but when what Netflix... Yeah, but when Netflix came out, I was like, what is this? I was like, how do I know my DVDs are going to be scratched up when I get it? How do you know people are going to return them? Like, how is this going to work? And then I got it, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was like, and, and it came fast, too. I was like, okay, okay. The best thing about old-fashioned Netflix, was you could you could type in any movie you could think of, and there was a 75% chance they had it. Mm-hmm. Even obscure stuff. Like, Old black and white movies. If I wanted to see a Laurel and Hardy movie, yeah. Laurel and Hardy, they would have shit. If I wanted to see, yeah. trying to think of something really obscure that I got from Netflix. I mean, the whole Afro Hitchcock collection, which they wouldn't generally have at your local blockbuster. I could watch mm-hmm. Rear Window, North by Northwest, Rope. I could get them one at a time. They would show up. Yeah, and even Redbox, which is still around. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they still are, and people use them. Yeah. I hadn't got Redbox in a while. Yeah. 
But just because I don't, I don't even use my DVD player is so dusty. Like, <laughs> I don't even know why I still have it. It's for decoration. <laughs> That's where we're moving, though. I mean, time marches mm-hmm. on. Unfortunately, I'm just. I just hope. The only thing I really hope, I guess, is that you know we still keep making great stuff. If we have to, if we're watching it at home and it's tailor made for home, yeah. that's nothing wrong with that. Just right. as long as there's statements be made, if there are more, when they see us, there's nothing is wrong with that. Yeah. Do you think there's anything beyond digital? I mean, I can't Better even Better digital. <laughs> yeah. That's I've, it. Like, yeah. 8K um, films, which I don't know why you need 8K movies, to be perfectly honest with you, um, but they're coming. They have 8K broadcast in Japan already. Um, I mean, I think 8K will be the next big thing within the next 15 years. Because for right now, it's 4K. Um, but yeah, it'll be more about specialized home theater experiences as TVs get cheaper to make and market, if they will. I don't know about this, this 45's tax tariff yeah. bullshit. But um you know, and poor people get like home sound systems and Bluetooth speakers and things right. like that. And as the theaters continue to be dirty with popcorn on the floor everywhere and things like that, and not the best projection, I mean, the worm mm. is just going to turn. Like, and then you can pause the movie to take a bathroom break. You don't have to like run out and run back in. Don't have to. Like I did with Aladdin because I had a whole meal and I was like, shoot, I gotta go to I was like, oh, I was like, I know what happened in this movie. I can go to the- <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll be waiting for like, like downbeats in movies. Three, I was like, let me get to a scene where I know they ain't gonna be doing nothing but punching each other for about 10 minutes and then I can run it. And I did that and missed absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I wait for like a scene with like a di- like a dialogue where people are talking about the scene that just happened and I run out the theater and go to the bathroom. <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot do it. Well, because I- I, like with John Wick, I was like, I had to go, but like Hallie, I was waiting for Hallie and I was like, I cannot run out and miss Hallie with these dogs. So I had to wait until she came and they fought a little bit. And then it got to a scene where I knew that they were going to be doing nothing but fighting for a while. So I like ran out. <laughs> I think it was that when they were in that glass room. And I was like, oh, y'all going to be here for a minute. So let, me go- <laughs> let me run to the bathroom. Because <laughs> I typically don't eat or drink. Like I don't drink anything in the movies, but I got I to gotta drink that day. Yeah, I had a bad habit for a while going to the movies after going to the gym, like right after. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not that doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Um, you can find our show across all social media under the handle at SSM Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, wherever else podcasts can be found. You can find our show at smpodcast.com for more information. We will now be reviewing Toy Story 4 and Child's Play. This has been the Say Something Something Nice podcast. I am Brandon, and I'm here with Latria. Bye. And Ali. Sayonara. Coffee lights we had to go, unfortunately. Um, but she said, um, have, have a great rest of the podcast. Yeah, I hope we've, um, we did. You guys have a great evening. We'll see y'all next time.